Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Brian Orton this week, former boss and assistant manager for you both. You wish you'd scared of you him, used to be a scary you? man. You used to be a scary man. When we lost, you were a scary man. I don't think I needed to be scared, if I'm perfectly honest. No, we got mellow, Brian. Preston and Doncaster and hell of a guy unbelievable player manager assistant manager 2000 games in football which is unbelievable isn't it? have you got some clubs for us Christopher <laughs> bearing in mind this is this is this is post Wrexham um, so imagine imagine trying to compose yourself after nine Cronenbergs in the second half so clubs wise I've got player Port Vale Brighton Luton Hull Managerial career: Hull, Oxford, Man City, Huddersfield, Brighton, Port Vale, Macclesfield Town. Probably one of the most handsome men. <laughs> Do that again. I bet he was a handsome bastard back in the day. He had the stubble, the stubble, a bit of a bowling quiff. So now you're talking about yourself. Well, we need to wrap this up. We need to wrap this up because he's pissed, right? So, Brian Orton, uh, hope you enjoy it. Good night. God bless. <laughs> Brian was just saying it's first time he's seen you on time. I weren't. My timekeeping were never the best, were it? I don't think you knew anything about timekeeping. <laughs> to be perfectly truthful, uh, I think you paid a few fines. One or two of it, of them. Uh, uh, it's a good job you're on good money, wasn't it, Mac? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Taxman watching, watching this. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what he what he was, he was uh, he was brilliant. In, not just a good player on the field, he was good in the dressing room, which you need. You know, um, dressing rooms can be very very harsh. You know, when you've you've lost games and things have happened, and then as the manager walks out, you want somebody to lift the dressing room, and Parker could do that. You know, apart from being at that time with Matthew Tipton, they were as good as anything, probably. Two divisions above, you know, 50-odd goals between them. For that level, they, they were outstanding. I've asked you this, and you you can't remember, but he used to fine you a lot, didn't he, for being late? And they would build up, and then he'd say, if I score Saturday, will he let us off? <laughs> and you, nine times out of ten, you did you I didn't score. have a good season scoring. I don't know if, if that were one of the reasons. Or what, but yeah. Saved a fortune. Yeah, I could never set off, off on time. I don't know if you... Did you, did you ever notice that, like... Monday mornings and Thursday mornings are a little bit quieter than normal. 
No, I never noticed that. I'm, see, I must have been good at getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> <I can't, laughs> when you're breathing, it warm up. <laughs> like that, because you've been out that before. I can remember Lakey pulling me. Lakey Paul Lake was, was the physio there, good lad, Ian Bright was the coach. And uh, he'd had a little bit of an injury. And, and um, Lakey had to go to his car. I don't know if you remember this. Lakey had to go to his car to get something out of the boot. And he was on the treatment table and Lakey comes and says, Gaffer, come and have a look at his boot, will you? Have a look what's in it. If you're talking about keeping him fit, I've never seen so many burger wrappers <laughs> and McDo <laughs> McDonald's and Burger King and everything. And we're trying to get him fit. And <laughs> the whole, we have, the full, full collection. We have this conversation a lot about managers getting the best out of players that are different how did you get the best out of him um you need people like that in in your side don't you know everybody can be be the same and he, he was lively he's bottom line he was a good player you know he could hold it up he, and i'm just saying about the goals him and tip he got you know to together um so sometimes i like lively people i don't I, you know i was lively as a player myself and and i and i quite like that you know, in him, and, and, and he could lift the dressing room after I've had a go, which I did. I, I, I couldn't help being the way I was. I was a bit like Callum Murray, who was my manager, that was very spiky if we lost and stuff like that. And and then you need players that when the managers walked out, they can can lift it again because it, it needs that. And and he, he had the ability to do that, you know. Because I always remember when you came to Preston as Phil Brown's assistant, party was saying, oh, I was, I was nobby. I said, like, he seems quite mellow. And he went, oh, he was a... He was an angry bastard as a manager. <laughs> I think I got Mel O'Brien. Mel O'Brien and Preston and Donny. And you got... We got fucking both battles, Brian. That's <laughs> what we got. Battles, Brian. <laughs> well, you I didn't think I was that bad. <laughs> well, to be fair, we, we, we won quite a lot, but when we, uh, when we didn't... I don't know if you, know, if you remember, we were playing... I think we were playing Bury away, and you were battering ours. You were like, in ours' face. And his phone started buzzing in his pocket behind him, where I like that. Oh my it's fucking god! <laughs> this could be the end of him. This this could be punches thrown. Who's Haas? Paul Harsley. Yeah, another good player. They, they, they should have played higher at that level. Haas, wasn't he? Good footballer. And I did a lot of them. And obviously, I changed uh, changed the bits. We mentioned Graham Potter, left wing back, um, excellent player. Good players for that level, you know. But I was a bit like Alan Muller in that respect because. I was very lucky to have three top managers as, uh, that I worked under. It was Gordon Lee at Port Vale. Uh, I got a Brighton. Peter Taylor signed me, Brian Clough's assistant. He signed me at that time. But then Alan Mulry took over in the summer. I had five years and he was completely different again because if we got beat, he, as, as he's saying, I, I was nasty and harsh. He was treble me. Really? You know, oh, he was... <laughs> he was, he was <laughs> You just couldn't say, I used to say to the boys, listen, if he said anything, just don't retaliate. Just don't say anything. If you had a go, then he'd go off again. Um, but he, he, he just, he was a winner. He, he was the same in training. Me and him were never on the same teams. He used to, he, he'd join in 8v8s at Brighton. And if, if we draw, he'd play till they won. If they were winning, he'd blow the whistle and, and off you go and say to him, <laughs> can I have the whistle? So if we're winning, do you know what I mean? And he, we were always on different teams. And, but he was that way on a match day. And I remember the one game we had to we had to we got promotion in my first year with him. Second season we had to go to Newcastle on the last Saturday. Win if we win the game, we, we're promoted to the top division for the first time. I scored the first goal with a header. We got three 0 up. And I was like I said, I always say to the boys, if he says anything, just just. 
play it, just take it. Anyway, we come in and he said something to a player. We're three nil up, packed house at Newcastle, forty odd thousand. We'd taken about fifteen thousand up there. It was crazy. And he said something to one of the lads. He come back at him. He's it. He's it. The roof. We're three nil up. So I'm saying, Gaffer, we're three nil up. For God's sake, let's calm down a bit. Let's have a, you know. But he used to say, I'm the manager. I can do what I want. And, and it's fact, yeah. isn't it? And he could because he was such a top player. I got a looter and David Pleach completely the opposite. We got beat six at uh, Liverpool one day, walked in, I'm expecting. If that had been Alan Murray, the tea would have been going, everything, boots, everything. David Pleach walked, sit down. He went, well done today, boys. And I'm going, well done. <laughs> and me, uh, who just got beat 6 0. And he went, Ian Rush scored four. He said, uh, you've, you've played some good football out there today. And you, nobody could live with them because they had Sooners and Dalgleish, Rush, they had Lawrence and Hansen. They, they were miles better than us. Next year we go back, we draw 3-3. So his, his psychology From works, doesn't thinking. it? Because now he's, he's virtually saying they were better than you, which they were, so you have to accept that. So he was completely the opposite today. So I tried to be a little bit like that, Parker, but I don't think I could manage that because I was a bit more like Alan Muller mm. than probably David Blake. I don't think you know? if we'd have got Dick Six, he'd have come in and said, well played, lads. Did you ever see anybody having to go back? No, I don't think. I think, honestly, we were, we were half scared. Yeah, yeah. When it was the full, yeah, collective dressing room, we'd made the same decision, right? If any, if it's, if the gaffer goes on one, just get just your head shut down, shut up, just get your take head. it in. <laughs> so yeah. you just wouldn't think of setting off fifteen minutes earlier. Your sleep was more important. That's what than... I said. <laughs> That's exactly what I used to say, Brian. He set off a big, he got to drive off from over the tops from Barnsley. And I'll go, let off, set off for take a clock. <laughs> you were shit scared of him, but it? still, that 15 minutes in bed was I, important. I, I got the, if I score Saturday's a locker. <laughs> <laughs> but he had to, had to have time to stay at the burger place, didn't he? That was his problem in the morning. It's his pre-match. Over 2,000 games. I think this fact is incorrect, isn't it? Because I know you're Took part in, in over 2,000. Yeah, but that, that's correct. That's correct. Yes. But I've got eight, only Alex Ferguson can claim more. But you've said Graham, Graham Turner. Turner. At Shrewsbury. When I was starting to do my book, um, I was just doing a, a chapter for the Man City managers with Tim Rich, the writer. And then he was looking it all up and he says, you've done over 2,000 games. Wow, I didn't realise that. I didn't know that till he said that. And he said, uh, have you ever fancied doing a book? I said, yeah. He said, well, wait till the last chapter. So I was still with Phil Brown at that time. Um, I think maybe at Swindon. And he said, wait till, you know, it's the end because there's always the last chapter, mm. which, which there was. So finished playing and then did, did the book. And I didn't realise I'd done 2,000 games. What type of player were you, Nobby? How would you describe yourself, you know, modern day? Um, it's hard to say who with it because you know some of the players I played against the likes of Brian Robson who would say was one of the best Graham Souness, Oddle, Brady people like that so um, I would probably say I was a very competitive player that if I was playing against you on a Saturday it's me and you do you know what I mean? You look even looking at you there, but I'm, 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 like, I'm like, I think you do your name. <laughs> and that's, that's I think it, Peter's in a 50 50, 100 right now. Um, I weighed in with goals. I had, I had a great spell at Brighton where I got 18 goals one year from midfield. And um, as I said, probably Brian Robson was the best player I ever played against because I know when I'm playing against Brian Robson, he's going to run past me at least a dozen times to get in the box because that's what he was goal scoring midfield player. And I wanted to do the same. Not, not as good as him, obviously, because he's a world-class player. But that's how I describe myself. And I, I'd like to think that if I'd have played against you, 
when we finished, you would think, cool, I've had a, I've had a game today. And, 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 and that's how it was in those days. And you'd, you'd all your sleeves up, come on, let's have a battle today. And I'll finish after. And then we'd go and have a beer together. No matter what, that's what used to happen quite a lot. And you'd love that park, yeah. having a beer straight <laughs> after, wouldn't you? That you go and, and game's finished, you go and have a beer together. And you always had that mentality of it's over the white line. You get stuck in, you... Have yeah, the, have a battle With, and then shake hands at the end. And whatever the well, finishes on the field. Well, you say about that because my dad, who was a good player, apparently uh, amateur player, and uh, he, he used to say to me, "God bless him." He was he, he was followed me all over the place, and he said to me, "You are the worst loser, Brian, I've ever seen in my life." And I went, "What do you mean, Dad?" He said, "Because when you win, you shake everybody's hands." He said, "When you lose, you run off the pitch. You don't shake hands." <laughs> <with anybody." laughs> and I said to him, "Dad." I'm a professional footballer. Why do I want to shake hands with somebody who's just beat me? Is that unsporting? Yes, it probably is. <laughs> that, yeah, I, I it is. It definitely is. But, uh, as Parky said, he knows me, and well, and you know me, but obviously, as a manager, number two to Phil Brown, slightly different. But occasionally, Phil Brown, you say to me, "Oh no, you, you have your turn. You have your say first. And 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 I did. All I wanted to do, and it wasn't having a go at Brownie or Parky that, that was personal. It's for 90 minutes. So I, want, I want us to win the game. And I, if we've got to be nasty, let's be nasty. You know, nice guys don't always win, do they, in football? They don't, you know, so... Did you, could you identify the, the personalities and individuals that needed the bollocking or needed yeah. an arm round them? Yeah, of course. Confidence boost. Yeah, because he could take it and, 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 and he could take it. Some players can't take it because they take it, at, not personal but at times, but it's not in their mentality, is it? Because they're not as strong characters as these two. And that's what you have to learn as a manager, you know? So did I mellow as I went on? Probably no, because <laughs> that's the way uh, I was. And I, I, you can't change that, can you? You know? I remember pulling up to the Amex. I think I must have been at Doncaster, and they had all the, you know, when they get the, they were like posters of the yeah. former players, and you were on there, weren't you? I was like, he doesn't just talk a good game. He used to have a bit, however many games you played. Captain. Good looking uh, bastard back in the day as well. Yeah, all... well, some people say that. Some of my ex girlfriends were not saying that. But listen. I loved every minute of my football career because Port Vale was great with six players because I'm just talking about the team spirit. Brighton was an unbelievable place to be because when I signed for Brighton, people said to me, what are you doing? Because Crystal Palace were apparently interested, Terry Venables' manager. But Brighton came in first and I went there for 30 grand. And they said it wasn't a football place. The year Mulry comes in, we get promotion. We're playing in front of 34,000 at the Goldstone on, you know, say, a Tuesday night. Under the under the lights, there's no, nothing better. You know the fans were fantastic, and what they've done and what they're doing now just shows you what kind of place it was. So that that was a fantastic move in terms of my uh, football career. We're saying there's a family link with Bloom, isn't there? Who was he? Who was chairman when you were there? His granddad was my vice chairman. Mike Bamba was the chairman, multi-millionaire, and uh, Harry Bloom, the vice chairman, who's uh, Tony Bloom's granddad. And he, he said to me one day, Tony Bloom, billionaire, he went, you're, you're the fault that I'm in, in football. I said, why, why, am I, why am I the problem that you're in football? He said, because when I was a kid growing up, my granddad was vice chairman and you were my favourite player, so you got me hooked on football. So it's your fault that I'm costing me a fortune <laughs> being chairman of Brighton or Albion. Were you captain at Brighton from 
the moment you signed, or did you would you handed it? No, Peter Taylor, uh, who signed me, um, I, I think I was about six or seven games with him. Then he went back with Brian Clough, if you remember, and he made me captain straight away. Alan Mullery came in. I thought, oh, I've got a problem here because he played for England, as I said, Fulham, and he, he comes in, and I, I probably still could have played at thirty-four. And he saw what we, good side we got. I played in the same system, same position as him. And he retired and left it alone, you know. Just so he cut. saw that you, he was going to be player manager, but he saw that the, it was all under control on the field. You were in charge. Well, yeah, and off the field. And I, and I can tell you one story with him where um, something had happened in the dressing room and, and uh, the players said, well, it was about sponsored cars. Um, Mark Ronson got a sponsored... Um, Sports car. Peter Wood had got a big sponsored Rover because he scored 40 goals in the first season. Alan Mudd had got a big Jag and I got a Ford Capri because I was captain of a football club. One of the players in the dressing room, the, the, the one day said, they'd always led a meeting and said, no, we're not, we're not happy with this, that, that Laurel's got a car, Wardy and yourself uh, have, have got cars. And we want to meet him with the, with a gaffer because we don't think it's right. And I thought, well, I, I half agree with that, you know, because it's a team game and share it. So I went to see the gaffer and I said, gaffer, they want to meet in about the the four of us who got sponsored cars. He went, oh, who did they? He said, okay, marched me back down to the dressing room, sat down. He went, who's, who's moaning about the cars? And I won't go into the, the player who it was because it's not fair, but the one player. So he said, well, gaffer, we're just not happy that you've all got cars and three players. And he actually said to him, who the FNL do you think you are? <laughs> does, does anybody want to sponsor you with a car? <laughs> he said, when everybody wants to sponsor you with a car, they sponsor you with a car. Until then, keep your gob shut, get on with it, and that's it. So I walked out, so I marched away, and he absolutely slaughtered me. He said, if you're not big enough and strong enough to tell that lot where to go, then you shouldn't be my captain. Shouldn't have asked me to come in there. You should do that. Part of uh, my my job as a captain, really, which I saw that, and I, and through midweek, and he would have loved these. Well, probably you would as well. On Wednesday, I used to arrange the day for the, for for Brighton and Luton mainly, but not Port Vale so much. Um, first of all, we'd go and play golf. Then we'd have a few beers and we'd have a bite to eat and then we'd go nightclubbing every Wednesday. <laughs> every Wednesday, that was our routine. And I'd organised that because I thought that was part of our... And the gaffer knew what we were doing. So uh, un unless something and one day somebody did go back from a, a nightclub, something happened, one of the lads got drunk and did something he shouldn't have done. Next morning, meeting, dad, and straight back to me. You That's have to clean it up. That's your fault. You should look after him. So he, he he wanted me to do that as well, but never stopped us. And I never stopped people. If they want to drink on a Wednesday as, uh, till, till you know, we don't play Saturday, that's fine by me. Because that's my... But Thursday, Friday, no. Whether he did, he probably did. I didn't uh, actually back then. He just had a pint on the way over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so th th those are the rules. And he, he wanted me to be that way. So that was part of him, my, if you like lead on into being a manager because that's that's yeah. what it what it was you know somebody's like within a management apprenticeship already because was that the was that the role of a captain in your era what organizing days out well no just like sponsored cars i was, was just thinking that i don't think that was probably relevant when we no. No. or something similar you know would you if go to the issue. captain rather than somebody else within the club about sponsorship or something nah like that not at all 
I know if I'd got a Ford Capri, I'd have been sat in uh, car park just revving it as left of lads were fucking yeah. coming out. <laughs> burger, oh. pa- burger papers <laughs> flying out of back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Fair Play for sponsoring the rest of the series. And those of you who were watching last week will know that we had a wager his phone would go off. Um, I went down to... Um... Oh, is it? And we have a winner. Ching, ching. Nightmare. We talked about Fair Play. It's, it's not about a book, the bookies. It's just about having a bet with your mates. No uh, commission. No commission paid. Have a fiver. It can be on anything as well, can't it? Yeah. FIFA. Uh, can I drink you under the table? We had the cost bet for everybody else to get involved as well. Top and bottom of it is we don't know who's won and who's lost. Yet. Barnsley, Bolton, Sunderland. So we don't know yet whether you've won or lost. Come but on, this Barnsley. week we've got another cost bet that everybody can get involved in. And I mean, they're dead such these if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, if you sign up using the link in the description, uh, download the app, sign up using the code COSH, Deposit a fiver, bet against us. And what's the bet? And you can just get involved as well if you've already signed up. So this week, Man United against Man City at Old Trafford, we are saying that City are going to win by at least three goals. If Man City win by three or more... Where in the money? They've been conceded. They've been conceded and all, haven't they? City last mm. few get Pep's I under pressure. Might, actually, this one might be the one that we've got the, the better chance of. Pep's under pressure. If the win... If the draw, lose. Fair play will send you the bet that you can just activate to say bet against under the cosh, 3-0, Man City, do your fiver. If it doesn't happen, you get a tenner in your account. Seeing as I lost this one, can I pick next week's? Yeah, go on. Yeah. So we're in Liverpool. First one to get a song title by the Beatles into the recording. Ooh. Ooh. Fucking Yellow Submarine's going to be a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to, but I'm gonna bloody try. <laughs> I'm, after, I'm after I'm after Google Beatles songs, I think. So the first one to get the song title in wins the ten pounds yeah. of the other two. Mm. Deal. Deal. But get involved. So yeah, get involved and you just have a bet with your mates as well, not just have a bet against us with uh, anything, like you said. FIFA, golf golf the big one. football. Remember, all you've got to do, deposit that fiver, use the code COSH, and you can get involved with that bet against us. But, as always, please gamble responsibly. The most important bet, and over 18s only. Going back to your Luton, last game of the season, the relegation fight with Man City. You played, was it the last game of the season you played City? And the winners stayed up? They needed a draw. They needed a point. What, what happened, uh, Brownie, was um, we played Everton on the on the on the Saturday before Man City, and and uh, we scored. We we're in the bottom two or three. We ran the relegation scrap, and we scored first Mossy, and then they beat us five one at home, and uh, they had Andy Gray, Peter Reid, Sheedy. Uh, they're the top side. They beat us five one. So on the Monday we're coming to Old Trafford. And the gaffer pulls me and he said, I'm going to put two kids in with you uh, at Old Trafford, Gary Park and Ray Daniels. And uh, and I said to him, gaffer, we're going to Old Trafford and the, their, their midfield is Moses, Wilkins and Robson and you're going to throw two kids in with me against them. He said, Brian, we're OK. 
We're safe. Don't worry about it. Just go and enjoy the game. Got to be 3-1 and they did well. Tuesday night, every single result went against us. And now we end up in the bottom in relegation battle. And now we've got to come to Man City on Saturday and win. If they draw, they stay up. If we win, we stay up. He's now arranged a testimonial for Ross Jenkins at Watford on the Wednesday, the gaffer. That's like... <laughs> that's well, like it's your fucking night out, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a night out after. <laughs> but, so now, and I, I want, we're playing a testimonial game for a Watford player. That's like... That's like Man United having testimonial with a city for a city player. It just didn't. But anyway, he's big friends with Graham Taylor, so we did. And I said to him, Gaffer, which I could say, I said, Gaffer, I can't play Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. He said, No, I'm going to play a weekend team. Uh, I, I can't risk players because we've got to go and win. We've got to be four-one, so we've gone. Five, three, four, 12 goals shipped in three games. <laughs> it's, good, it's, good, it's good mentality going to City now to have to win. Friday night, the lads are crapping themselves because we've got to go to Man City. So we stayed in Stafford and I'd said to him, Gaffer, can the boys have a couple of halves? Because I'd been in that situation with Brighton where we had to win the last four to stay up, which we did. And now the lads are crapping themselves because of what we've got to do. He said, we well, can have some halves, no points. Because people are around, aren't they? Imagine that today in, in yeah. social media. The boys are having a beer the night before, you know, before we're going to play Man City. I mean, whether you're having three pints or six and a half, it's still three <laughs> pints. Exactly. It does not look as bad on the photo, yeah. does it? Exactly. And Radiante, God bless him, who was a top player who scored the goal at City, he said also to the gaffer, and he played at top level, went on to manage top level, we were allowed a glass of wine with dinner. Can we have a glass of wine with dinner? So imagine that again. Instead of a glass, you have a bottle each. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows whether he did or not. Anyway, so now we've got to go and 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 win at City, haven't we? Gets to something like the 85th minute, nil nil. They're staying up. We're going down. Brings Raddy on, and he score. He scores the winner. And the ironic thing is, a good player, Raddy, and, and he had a great strike on him. It shot from from about thirty yards. We, we win the game. David Pleat comes running on the pitch. If, if you yeah, remember, a picture, there? Dancing. yeah, dancing on the pitch, and he's got his cream suit on, his cream shoes on. He took a load of flack over. <laughs> he's not the best dresser in the world. <laughs> so he skips onto the pitch, which is iconic, and he kisses him on the cheek, and he said, "Brian, you can go anywhere you want now." And I went, "I oh, know I can't get for my contracts up today." <laughs> So imagine doing that today in the top division that you've contracts up in that day. So if I break my leg or do my cruciates, if we if if we relegated them off anyway, aren't I? Because yeah. they're not going to keep me. So we stayed up. He, he gave me a two-year contract and then helped me after one because it was time to now move on and try and break into management, which I did, and he helped me get the whole city job. Was there so, a scrap in the tunnel up full time? There was a big scrap in the tunnel after the game, yeah. Dennis Stewart, which I put in my book, he, that Dennis Stewart says he punched me. Do you think I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna allow him to punch me? Yeah, of course, <laughs> I, of course. I'm. So it was, a, it was like not just me and him. It was, it was eleven v eleven. It was a great bout of, of fighting and wrestling. <laughs> so it was a twenty-two. <laughs> goal, goal, oh my god! <laughs> it was so he calmed down. We got in his restroom. So the gaffer said Tony Book um, was caretaker manager. With I can't remember who the other guy was. I never can. And Tony Book, who I worked with later on at City. So the guy said, I'm going to go have a drink with him after. He said, so go in the players' lounge. I went to, you expect us to go in the players' lounge? <laughs> you think we can go in the players' lounge and just have a, and have a drink with the City players that we just had a fight with? We, we couldn't. So we did our interviews, got on the team coach. Team coach got uh, bricked on the way out. And, 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 it, and it was chaos. But So that could have been my last game. 
for, for, for Luton Town. So I stayed one more year. We stayed we stayed up and I had one more year and then went to Hull City as player manager. So you were 35 when you took your first management job at Hull? Coming 35, yeah. Can you remember how you felt when you know when you were player manager and you're picking yourself? Can you remember the time when you thought, I think my days are done here and let the, lad, let the young lads have yeah, a go? Yeah, I'll tell you exactly when, I, when my time was up, Brownie. Um, we're playing Crystal Palace away and uh, league game, they had Wright and Bright up front and I tried to sign Mark Bright at, uh, from Leicester to Hull and the chairman wouldn't give him enough signing on fee so he went to Palace and uh, we're playing a night game at, at and I'm, I'm 35, could have, yeah, about 35 anyway, might have been 36. So I'm marking, I think it was Bright at, at the corner, the ball comes over and he goes bang and he splits my eye, bang and they score, referee just gives the goal. Physio comes on, eye split, and he went, you, you need to come off. And I said, I'm not coming off. I said, just patch it up. I said, I'm not coming off yet. I said, just patch it up. So, go about five minutes later, it's ball breaks be between me and Brighty, and I think I hit him around chest eye. <laughs> <laughs> Take me off. <laughs> Ready now. <laughs> so, the referee, bang, straight, what was the red card, whatever, so sent off. So Don Robinson, who was my chairman at Hull, he was an ex-wrestler called Dr. Death. He's a pro, <laughs> pro wrestler. And he was an unbelievable guy, unbelievable story, innit? And he, he made me manager. I was player manager director, first one ever, and first one that nobody ever has, has done that. Um, so anyway, he comes in the dressing room. I'm in the dressing room now on my own. I've let the boys down. He comes in. He went, I love that, Brian. I love that. Brian. <laughs> and he got his uniform on. He got his, his, his wrestling on. gear on. <laughs> And he went, oh, I love that. And I said, well, I don't. I said, I've, I've let the boys down tonight. I said, and I'll find myself, and that's me done. I, I'm retiring tonight. I'm, I, can't, I can't do that. Time has come, and, and, and that's what I did. And I walked into the referee's room. I had it stitched up. I walked into the referee's room, and I just said to him, thanks for that tonight. I said, uh, I've just retired on you. I said, you never saw any... You, you're watching the game, and you didn't see anybody do that. And, and he went, no, I didn't. I said, well... I can't tell you what I said really, and and I retired. I never I never played another first team game. So your last act as a professional footballer were smashing Mark Bright chest eye. Yeah, drop kick. Good way to go out, I think, isn't it? Yeah, with Doctor Death punching <laughs> on the sidelines. And I did, and, and 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 I get on great with Mark Bright because obviously he played for Fort Vale and 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 the Leicester connection. He might not remember the the story that I did that I remember because it it was my last game as a as a player. After seven hundred odd games, it, it was a sad way to to retire. Really, did you I, have a blueprint of what you wanted to be as a manager, the way you wanted to play? I've said this on here many a time. If someone said to me, "Go and take a team tomorrow," I would not know if I was having a shit or a shave. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't know what I was doing. But did you know? whether you're going to be a motivator, a coach, what tactics you were going to play, stuff like that. Well, I think initially when I went uh, to Hull, uh, I just said names from Billy, Billy Whitehurst and what a player he was to have in your team. Everybody wanted someone like Billy because he was he was <laughs> he was a double handful, uh, and 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 he loved what we were doing because we were playing four three three, getting crossing, playing good football. I think that's so how he got promotion that first year, and he got twenty odd goals. So straight away you get promotion your first year, you're winning people over, yeah. aren't you? Not only the players, which is the most important mm. people to, to win over, you're winning the crowd over, and then to finish sixth next season, the joint highest they'll ever finish. That's the first kind of hurdle, really, is it? Coming in as a player manager. Yeah. You've no record up to that point. 
and then, like you said, getting promotion the first year. Yeah, you, you, hit the ground really, running. Yeah. yeah. And I, I couldn't, when they were doing a running session, say on a Tuesday, which is all there was probably as players Tuesday afternoon was a running session, um, and I'm taking part then, my number two had to be in charge because I had to still do all that kind of stuff. I couldn't say, oh, I'm the player manager, go and take them out on the track and do whatever laps you need to do. And, and I'm in my office thinking I ain't doing that. Have a cup of coffee. Pour a brandy <laughs> in a coffee park. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one game that springs to mind, we were getting beat 4-1 at Leighton Orient. And I said to Dennis Booth, who's then my number two, you're walking off, I said, Booty, get into us, including me, get in. So I'm now having to take some flack off my number two. <laughs> <laughs> which which I wanted. I can't I can't have him going mad at you and you and you and you and then leaving me alone. Anyway, we were losing four one at, at Orient. Win five four. Unbelievable. <laughs> one five four. And the fifth goal, I only got a goal for and it this kills me today. And it's four four and I've hit a shot from about twenty five yards. It hits the underside of the bar. Probably now, and VR, it did give the goal, and I, I reckon it went over. And <laughs> somebody else just toe poked it in, 1 5 4. I think it might have been Andy Flounders. He taps it in, 5 4. It's my goal. He went, No, Gaffer, it's my goal. They, they, they wouldn't give it me. They went, No, 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 it wasn't your goal. It wasn't over the line. And it, it was great to be part of that. You know, I still wanted to be part of them, even though I was the manager at times. If we had a day, a day out, obviously they wouldn't invite. I, could, I couldn't have lived with Billy Whitehurst drinking. <laughs> this one particular game, the, 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 the players hadn't got a players' lounge at, at all. And it, the, the, the chairman had found a room for them and said, You know, if you can do that room out, you can have it as your players' lounge. So they got the local, I can't remember the name of the local beer company that, that was in Hull, but they, they provided a booze in there, put it on draft, did a lot of things out with the, with the, with the drink, drink things, with the whiskey and stuff like that. And, and we used to go in after the games, particularly if you won, go and have a drink, because that's what players did in those days. Um, but this one day, so we'd lost it all, I played in the game. And Don Robinson was a great guy, I loved being with the players, loved being with them, we'd give them everything. A very wealthy guy, and he'd come in there one day. So I'd said to probably to Whitehurst and Gareth Roberts, the bar's closed, no booze today. We'd lost at home, and I closed the bar. <laughs> the bar's closed. Win the game, you can do what you want, lose. You're, you're under my control, and I, cl I closed it. <laughs> Peggy Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's almost like teaching your kids, and it, you know, it's, it's almost like scolding your kids, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I love being with them at the right time, but if, the, if, if we've lost the game, then. You've got to be accountable, haven't you? Did you ever see Billy Whitehurst lose his head in the tunnel, anything like that? Did you ever see him he, go? He didn't have to lose his temper because he was just the same just, all the time, wasn't he? I mean, you, obviously, I'm now a manager, so I, I couldn't be the captain leading out. So I was always last out as, as a player manager of the team. So at, at Boothbury Park, used to the, the team would come down from the away dressing room and meet and then go out the tunnel. And Big Billy would come out and he'd be near the front and you'd hear him go, <laughs> He's frightened me. <laughs> I'm at the back of the queue and I think, oh, my God. He, he would go through a brick wall for you. I mean, he scored some great goals and, and they signed him for two grand from Mexborough. And I got a phone call from a guy called Willie McFall, who was manager of uh, Newcastle, and he offered 230 grand. And Billy had heard the story. So he'd come in to see me one day and he went, you're going to sell me gaff, aren't you? You know, 230 grand. I said, Billy, just let us do the business. And then if it's right, then we sell you. You come for two grand, da, da, you've done great for me, just leave it. But I'm having to tell him face to face. Imagine me having to tell him, <laughs> Billy, leave it. You know, like I'm going to Newcastle. So Don Robinson knew their, their chairman 
at uh, at Newcastle, and he brought. He said, "Leave it, leave it with me, Ryan. I'll get a bit more than two thirty. I said to him, "Don't, don't screw the, the deal up, because you know, it, two hundred thirty grand and chance for Billy to go to Newcastle and earn the dough he's going to earn to play with Peter Beasley and people like that." So he speaks to um, the, the the Newcastle chairman, and he gets two hundred and thirty-two grand. Oh, fucking well done! You got two, <laughs> you got two grand more and could have screwed the deal up. <laughs> And he got two hundred and thirty-two grand. So Bill off Billy went to, to to Newcastle. But he was he was great having your team. He, he, I've seen centre halves, you know, when it's like a fifty-fifty. Go no, I'll, I'll make it sixty-forty to Whitehurst. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> because I know what's going to come here. Did you ever have to reprimand him, Bill? Did you ever like do go too far? Yeah, yeah. I sent him off in training. Probably find him as well, or got Dennis Booth to find him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he trained how he played, and I trained how I played. But if he, 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 he as you know, he, he was a tough player, and he he he, he went through Mickey Oldfield, uh, Mickey Oldfield in training. He was his best mate, just a six v six, and he's gone bang through. And I stopped the game and sent him off. I said, "Get off, just go back to the dressing room." That's that's stupid. That's yeah. pathetic. I know that you know. Yeah, do it on a Saturday, but you don't do it with your teammates. So I sent him off. I'll probably find him. And and he comes back and he apologises straight away because he knows what he's done and he's got the Eat temper. To the moment. Yeah, you've got to do that for the other lads. I think. Yeah. I speak about Paul Lambert was brilliant at going for the big character in the dressing room just to show everybody else that oh fuck me he means business. Yeah. Was yeah. it a similar thing to that where you thought I've got to stamp my foot, put my yeah. foot down here? Yeah. And he he'd, he'd be the same. He'd come back. He'd come back sometimes uh, on a Monday morning. He's been back to Mexborough. That you'll know, and, yeah. and he was a mining community, and his dad loved a drink, and they used to have a drink, and he'd come back Monday morning, and he'd say to the physio, I'm not training this morning, I don't feel very well. And I go, so the physio had come to me, he said, the big man says he's not training this morning. I said, no, is he? I said, well, go back and tell him then that he's back this afternoon, he's back tomorrow afternoon, he's, there's no day off on Wednesday. Go and tell him, or oh, you want me to tell him? I said, but you go and tell him, you'll be strong enough with him. So he'd go back and he'd say, right, the gaffer says you're in this afternoon and you're in tomorrow afternoon, and you're in on Wednesday if you're injured. And and within five minutes, he'd have his kit on. And he'd, <laughs> and he'd be... And he'd, and he'd be still, probably the best player. See, we'd have let him off with him. He's, he's going to win, isn't yeah, he? Exactly. And no matter how big he was or, or, or what he was, the, I had to be the same with him as I was with you, with you, or, or Haas, or, or or somebody at Preston, or Donny. You have to be that way, don't you? And he knew that, that, that I meant business, because you've got to be professional. That's the biggest thing that I wanted to, to be as a manager and as a coach, whatever, was to be professional. I've got to hear about, because he released Dean Windass as a white DS. Yeah. What was the, was he just not ready? Is it something that you look back and think, that's Probably should have given him a chance or... No, um, he still... He, he goes on Twitter, does his blog, if you've probably seen it, and he still blames me for giving him a, a free transfer. <laughs> but Dino, it, we had a gym, we had a great gym behind, behind the top goal at Birthry Park. It's probably 60 by 40. And if they were doing some running, and I used to go and watch them play, if they did a running session after, say, just say three times up and back down the gym, up, back, up. Dino... They'd finish and Dino was still on his second one. He, he just couldn't run. Ball, he could keep the ball up a million times. He he had more ability, as much ability as I've ever seen on anybody in my life. But he just couldn't run. He just couldn't get around the pitch. And and we talked about it. And in the end, the youth team people and myself said, you know, we might not make that next step because of that. Um, so I pulled him in. 
and I told him. And I said to him, I, I was the same as you, Dino. I got free when I was 17, and my ambition was to prove people wrong. So I went on the building, got stronger, because I was small when I, when I was that age as well, 17, and I grew and got stronger and fitter on the building, playing non-league French for town where I was born. And, and I came back in to Port Vale in 1971. I said, so I want you to go and do the same. Go and prove me wrong. And he went to North Ferribees, where I lived, but had a good non-league side. Um, he went, I think he went on the building. Yeah, he did. Did exactly the same as what I did and then went on to have a good career. And I, 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 I love that, that he proved me wrong. He'd yeah. done exactly the same. Went to Aberdeen, Bradford. But Dino still... So when I, when I went back to... to well, Parker was there when I, initially when I went back to all with Phil Brown. <clears throat> and, and Dino said to me... Uh, because he, he was doing well, and, and uh, he said, I, told, I, I knew I'd prove you wrong. Are you accepting it? Well, I said, I said, I'll tell you what, Dino, if, I, if Phil Brown had given me enough permission or enough um, been able to do it, I would have given you another fucking free transfer. <laughs> <laughs> and what did Dino do? He goes and scores the winning goal at Wembley. <laughs> Against, against Bristol City, and he'll never let me forget it, ever. And we get on great. We speak, I'm on, his, on that Twitter thing where he does it all, uh, and, and I get on great with him. That's such ability, and he, I used to take him for finishing sessions, you know, Nicky Barnby or as a kid, and uh, I used to take them at the end of training sessions at, uh, at all, just finishing, you know. Dino was a good finisher, but he just wanted to do little bits on a Friday. And it came to me on the Friday before we were going down to play Bristol City in the... Um, in the playoff final, and he said, a bit of finishing. I went, no. I said, can you imagine if I do a bit of finishing with you today and you go ping and you ping your thigh? Imagine what Phil Brown's going to do with me. <laughs> and uh, you pull your thigh. And, and, and what happened was, uh, Fraser Campbell, that we got on loan from Man United, he, he puts a cross, uh, a cross from Dino that's coming onto the ball and he's a volley. And it's a great finish, you know. There's only, you, you had that, well, you both did. You had that ability to do that kind of thing, and he did. And he strikes the volley, the score against Bristol City, and I said to him after the game, see, you didn't need to do any work on the Friday. <laughs> you already <laughs> had it. You didn't need to I do it. With Dino, he forgets to mention, you know, he talks about this goal, this playoff goal, which is absolutely incredible. I always remind him, I said, you know, if it weren't for me, you'd have been scoring the, Goal to get you back into the fucking championship because I kept the fucking city, I kept all city in it the fucking season before. <laughs> Never says bastard, thank you. No, yeah, Bristol City volley and all that. How did it come to an end at Hull that first time? And how was the experience of that first the first, first sacking uh, as a so player? Speak, as, wow, as a manager, it, it, crazy. It really was crazy because, as I said, he made me play a manager director. And when he offered the directorship, I thought, what do I want to be a director of playing managing? And then I thought, not a bad thing there. If I want to go in management further, go in the, go in the boardroom and listen to the, about the financial side of yeah. the game or what happening on the other side of the game. So I did it. And um, it's coming to the end of the season, about four games to go this one particular last season. And we were about... Six seventh bottom, but I said to I said to Don Robinson before that I said, why don't why don't we sell a few players and you know players that I want to let go or players that, like Gary Parker selling for seventy grand sold for two hundred seventy grand two hundred grand profit do they want to sell Gary Parker no but as soon as Don Robinson sees profit of two hundred grand they're going to take it aren't they because the club had almost gone gone bust so we're coming to the point where I'd said to him why don't we have sell some players let, that, that we don't want and da, 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 and have the biggest spend up this club's ever had and he went wow what a great idea <laughs> so four games to go we play Swindon at home 
Luba Carr's manager. And I threw five or six kids in. And uh, we're winning at half-time, 1-0, so everything's OK. We get beat four. Lumicar had a very strong side at Stoke City, and they overpowered us. They were too strong. They had a bunch of kids out there. Just a few rumblings, because... But we couldn't go down. There's just no way we could go down. There was just, we just dropped a couple of places, so we'd like, say, six, seventh bottom. A few rumblings at the end of the game, which always is when you got beat four when at home. And I said to Dennis Booth, I said, I said, Dennis, I just feel... The chairman over the last couple of weeks has not been the same with me, you know what I mean? He didn't interfere ever because he didn't know enough about football, about tactics or or players or anything. And then, and I just got that vibes, things weren't right with him. And anyway, I'm coming off the, the team are coming off the pitch. I haven't played, but I'm coming off the pitch and I'm coming and he said to me, uh, um, I'll see you in the, in, the, in, the, in your office. Because he'd been a wrestler, he had a nervous twitch. He had a, like a little bit of a twitch <laughs> on his on his left shoulder, and and he had a nervous cough sometimes if you're going to say something. And so his, his shoulder started twitching, and he got <laughs> a nervous cough. <clears throat> and uh, and he went, uh, something's got to give, Brian. I went, oh, what's got to give? He said, I'm sacking you. I went, oh, okay. And he went, okay, because he expects me now, because he knows what I'm like to explode, because I've got another year to go on my contract. And I'm player manager director, so I think I'm safe. So, and, I, and he went, all right. I said, I said, listen, we've, I've had five wonderful years with you. And if that's the way you see it, it's time to go. So fine. Just just look after my contract. We'll see you in the morning about your contract, he said, and, and, and take it from there. So I said, are you going to go and tell the players then that I've gone, or do you want me to go and tell them? No, he said, I'll go and tell them. So he goes down. I, I ring my, I go, I've sent somebody upstairs to tell my wife I, I've had the sack. I ring my mum and dad because there's no sky in those days, so I'm, I want them to hear it off me. So I've done that. Don Robinson comes walking and back in. He said, lads have just slaughtered me in the dressing room. I said, good. He went, what do you mean, good? I said, they're my players. I've signed nearly all those players and they're all on my side. I said, you, 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 we've got makings of a good side and we're going to have a big spend up and they're my players. And I said, good, I'm pleased they have had a go here. And he, he looked at me and he said, would you think about coming back? <laughs> <laughs> Quick turn around. <laughs> You're laughing. Imagine what I'm doing. <laughs> I couldn't believe what he's saying to me. I said, So you've sacked me tonight, then the lads have had a go at you, so you bring me back. So we lose on Saturday, you sack me again and bring me back again. I said, No. I said, I had a wonderful time with you. Just do what you gotta to do tomorrow, which you said you'd sort my contract out and 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 leave it at that. So off we went. So the lads were furious. They were, they were up in arms. So he rings me next morning. He said, Brian, will you meet me in Hull and, and talk about coming back? I said, no, I'm, I'm not coming back. I've had a wonderful five years. You've, I've learned some oh, things. He's shitting himself, isn't he? He's uh, like, yeah. you know, you've got, you've got we, we, to we, girlfriend. We, I don't think it's wickedness. And she's gone, right, fine. And then you're like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> just, just, should we give it another try? And she's like, no, you've said it now. You've said it. You've said it. I'm off. Yeah. Would you do exactly the same thing now? No. No, not at all. Once something that's like Brownie, it's like, it's like it's like you know, if you fall out with a player, which you do, and and I'm all for. If I've had a go at you on on a Saturday afternoon coming Monday morning, that that's gone. Now we start again. Don't 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 let it fester or whatever. If you let it fester, it's going to go on, isn't it? You know. So no, it, it was uh, it was time to go, uh, and I thought it's only about four games to go. I still have a nice few weeks off. See what happens in the in the summer, and, and Mark Lawrenson rang me from 
last old keeper, touched a lot of top player, played with at Brighton. And he, he rang me and he said, would you come and have a look at, 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 uh, at the Oxford team at uh, playing at Notts Forest, already relegated, but they're playing at Notts Forest on a Saturday. Would you just is come and have a look? And, is this he, the following year or the same? No, same, same, same. same. Yeah, right. four, yeah. Anyway, I went to watch them play and I said to him, if you keep that team, you, you'll cruise back up because that was better than the whole City team and better than the other teams that I'd seen at that level that they were coming down to. Anyway, so I did that and he said to me, so summer, he said, would you come and help me in the summer? You know, we'll recruit, a bit of recruitment. I don't know managers, I don't know players. And I said, yeah, of course I will. So I went down, I'm, I'm, I'm at work. So I stayed with him and then we played Wimbledon. We played Wimbledon for a char- in a charity game, not Derby County, sorry. He scored a wonder goal, Dean, so he's a good player. And I said to Mark, because Maxwell's at that time, Ian was chairman of, of uh, Derby County, Kevin was my chairman uh, at, at uh, Oxford, Robert Maxwell owning them both. Yeah. So the, the, the transaction was a million quid. So Mark said, if you sell Dean Saunders, I'm, I'm quitting. And I said to him, don't be stupid. I said, get the million pounds, spend it. You've still got the makers of a good team. Spend a million. I said, no, if they go, I'm, I'm going I'm to go. And uh, Dean, I went. And he said, I, I, I'm resigning. Mark said, I said, don't resign, don't be so stupid. So Kevin Maxwell heard about this and we, we got summoned down to the, to the Mirror Building, the Maxwell Corporation. And uh, Mark went in to see him and said, I might resign. And they wouldn't have that, but they paid him off. They said, no one resigns from the Maxwell Corporation. We'll, 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 we'll sack you, basically. And so he went and he put us in two different offices at the Mirror Building. So he's sacking Mark in one or paying him off. And then he, he comes to me up. and said, right, do you want the job? And this I is said, Robert Maxwell. It's Kevin. Right. Who was my chairman. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, he's just gone there. So I'm like, you know, what do I do? Do I go out with Laurel? Does Laurel want to go, me to go out with him? And he said to me on the train down, I'm going. He said, if they offer you a job, if they offer it to you, which I think they will, take it, we won't fall out. Because some people would have fallen yeah, out. I'd like to ask that. that you've you've, you've yeah. taken their job and not walked out with them, basically. Yeah. And I've said that to people. If I get the sack, don't walk out and don't get your money. You stay in and get your money. I would never, you know, say it was Old Dennis Booth or whoever's my number two. You, you stay in and make sure you get your money. Anyway, Kevin says to me, the job's yours. There's the phone. Make as many phone calls as you want to make and I will see you in half an hour. So I rang David Pleat, I rang the uh, League Manager Association, I rang my wife and, and got feelings and he walked back in. He said, made your mind up? I said, yeah, I'll take the job. So he went bang, bang, bang. I said, right, I said, I've got to get back to Oxford. But he said, no worries, he said, you can take my dad's helicopter. So... Just huh? <laughs> <laughs> shut your keys. <laughs> so I'd never been on an helicopter before. So we're going to fly now off the Mirror Building back to Oxford, so we got on the helicopter. It was a massive helicopter. So the, the pilot said to me, Brian, come sit with me down the front. I've never been in a helicopter before. So you, you're with the pilot on the front of the helicopter and, you know, you're in a bubble, aren't you? There's just the glass in front of you, nothing else. For me, if you've been on helicopters, I just didn't like the feeling or sensation. There was nothing in front of me. It was a beautiful day, blue skies, and we, he said, I'm going to fly down, follow the Thames all the way down from London to Oxford. Uh, land at uh, Eddington House, which is Robert Maxwell's house, and then you can just walk back up to the ground. God, God off, I was sweating. It's just, God <laughs> damn me. I was like shaking and sweating. and So that was my introduction to being manager at Oxford United. And I got on great with Kevin Maxwell. Never interfered in terms of who I want to buy, who I want to sell. Trusted me in place. He used to say to me, you're the expert, not me. Did you have any dealings with Robert Maxwell? 
the only the only dealing I had with him was um, that Pat McGill was the chief executive uh, at um, at Oxford United. His dad was my mum and dad's family doctor in Cannock, would you believe? His dad. So Dr. McGill. So I didn't know Pat McGill when I went in as chief, chief executive. And we all got summoned down to the Mirror Building to have a meeting with Kevin. I had Pat McGill, uh, the secretary, Jim Hunton, two or three directors that were, that were on the board that Kevin wanted a meeting with us in the Mirror Building. So we drove down and um, we're having a meeting. Door goes open and, it, and it's, I don't think I've told this story in, in my book. I'm, I don't think I have. Uh, but the, board, the door opens and in comes Robert Maxwell. Massive, massive man. And he comes in and Pat McGill said to him, uh, Mr. Maxwell, this is uh, Brian Orton. And he said, I fucking know who it is, he said to Pat McGill. He said, and he's doing a damn good job. And as far as you're concerned, if you don't get your finger out, you'll be up the fucking road. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, Ooh, I like this conversation. <laughs> and he walked back out. And that's the only time I ever met him. Only time I ever met him. So he spoke very well of me. I think I went and asked for a rise after that. <laughs> <laughs> and would you have been in charge at Ox Oxford when Robert Maxwell mysteriously... Yeah. Went missing. Went missing, yeah. yeah. So that would, I imagine, Kevin's on the phone to your different oh, conversations so tough. there. That was the toughest part of, uh, of management that I've ever had to deal with. Um, me and Mossy were coming back from a... We'd been to watch a, a game in the Midlands at Villa. Anyway, we'd been to watch this game and we're coming back down to Woodstock where I lived and 10 o'clock news that Robert Maxwell's gone missing off the boat. Lady Ghislaine, his daughter's, that's what the boat was called, has gone missing and at the moment no reports on what's happening. So about 20 minutes later, I get a phone call from Kevin saying, Brian, as from tonight, your car's got to go back in. I had beautiful Rover Sterling through the Maxwell Corporation getting <laughs> nice cars. F mobile phone, which would only just come in. Mobile phones were the big car phones, if you remember. <laughs> they were about a foot tall, weren't they? Yeah. Remember them? That you stick in the car, that's got to come back in and you've got to sell players. So straight away, the, the whole club was in absolute turmoil. So See, that's, to... that's a strange one that the fact he's only just gone missing, but you know there's no more money coming. Well, well, there was already the investigations going into... The investigations going on was anyway. Pension thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, which I stayed out of because Kevin Maxwell was great to me. Yeah. He really was. Um, and and never, no interferences was as a manager. That's what you want because you don't manage just trying to tell, tell you to pick the team, do you? Which I had a Port Vale when I walked out. That... that they just let you go on with the business. And if you, if you fail, you're your failures, aren't you? And they'll get rid of you. But they, they, I had no interference in those three, five-year stints. So lucky in, in that respect. Or decent as what I was doing, basically. So then I've had to sell Paul Simpson and, and, and people to, to, to just pay the players and pay myself and pay the staff. Yeah. Is this you right, Giselle? Sorry, did you ever meet Giselle? Gillane. Gillane, whatever, whatever the yeah. fucking call her. Uh. Yeah, Gillane. If Kevin, because they work 24-7 in, in that business, you know, and if he couldn't come to, say, we had a, a dinner at, at, at Oxford United on a night time and he couldn't come, Ghislaine would come uh, and sit on my table and she was a beautiful-looking girl and she was, uh, you know, had a, a great way about her and got, oh, got on great with her, you know. So to, to see what's happened to her in a, in a, in a private life since is... Uh, it, it not hurts me, but I just find it hard to believe that she'd go from B 
been what I got sucked what, into it all. Yeah, that she no was drawn into that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And 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 Kevin was, as I say, brilliant. I, when it all happened, I wanted to drink with him. I, I, I'll tell you a story about what, what he did at one night, uh, and I wanted to drink with him, but he couldn't move because of the press and the paparazzi, and they they couldn't move, could they? Yeah. But this one night, um, we we got to a meeting. Um, in, in the Oxford Social Club. If you ever played at Oxford, they've got a social mm. club on the side of the ground. Anyway, packed out. Kevin Maxwell's coming. Didn't always come to things like that, but he was coming. Chief executive, me. And we were having a bit of a dodgy spell. And, and you know, as you do in management, and uh, a supporter jumps up and said, uh, Mr Maxwell, um, we're just concerned that the football club's not doing very well. As Brian Orton's job in jeopardy is... Uh, and, and Kevin went, no, his job is not in jeopardy. He's doing a great job. And as long as I'm here, he will be the manager. And I thought, oh, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Another pair of rides? Might have to arise in the morning. <laughs> you hit on it. So he went on a bit further. And then another supporter come up and said, Mr. Ma Mr. Maxwell, I think we've got every right to ask about. We're, we're, we're supporters of every right, our right to ask about the situation with Brian Orton because we're not doing very well. And he said, well, I've just told the, the other guy, what's happening with Brian Orton? I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. If I have one more question about Brian Orton in this tonight's meeting, I will pull the Maxwell money at the football club. And you know what will happen then? The, fo the football club will fold because we are funding it and it's losing money every week. So no more questions about Brian Orton. I thought, all oh, oh, hands going down. <laughs> two, two. So we finished the meeting and we were just walking out and he said to me, I think you could buy me a pint after what I've just stuck up for you, man. Like one of us, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And what a nice thing to do. And, and uh, so I have nothing but praise for them, you know. I know lots of people have given them stick about other things. All, all I can talk about is Your what he was like in football. Yeah. Somebody asked what managing Johnny Dernan was like. <laughs> oh, he's a good player, Dernan. Double lively. <laughs> <laughs> off the field but good player on it and then uh, he, well he liked to drink <laughs> he liked to bet he was lively very lively so what so you're Johnny Durnham if you find out that he's going out every Friday night but he's still scoring you 20 25 goals a season what are you doing with that I would I wouldn't allow him to go out on Friday night I'd find him even if he's scoring 25 goals I don't goals care what he's scoring Parky the rules are you don't drink after Wednesday so if, he, if I caught him drinking on Thursday or Friday, I'd fine him, probably a week's wages. So it'd be a dear point, wouldn't it? Uh, no, the rules are the rules. And I was the same. Uh, you know, I, I've had Rajal and Murray about this, about, you know, we used to go out on a Wednesday night and something had happened and then we'd meet in Thursday morning. The first one he'd come to was me. Why didn't you stop that? <laughs> I wasn't there. I'd, I'd left at a reasonable time and some of the lads are there till closing time. What do you expect me to do? Stay there all night with them and, and, and owl around all night. Do you know what I mean? But so, but don't know if you do it at the right times, and I, I, I never minded that. And he and he, he liked to drink. So what? As long as he did the business, which he did on the pitch, mm. no, no players the same, are they? They're not. And you have to treat them. For me, you have to treat them slightly differently because if they are the chirpy ones, sometimes you have to knock them. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I can't imagine this getting this happening today. But so you got promoted in your final season with Oxford in League One. 
and then you've got the Man City job in the Premier League. Kept them up. Kept them up in your final season, and then you've jumped up two leagues with City in the Premier League. How did that come about? John Maddox, who worked for the Mirror Building, uh, for, for the Daily Mirror, sorry, not the Mirror Building, worked for the, for the Daily Mirror, who was owned by Robert Maxwell. I had met him years ago when he came to Port Vale with Royce Brosen, who was a the manager then. And he was a bit friendly with them. So I didn't I didn't know John Maddox as a friend, but now he's chief executive at Man City uh, with Peter Swales. He'd obviously heard about me doing pretty well at Oxford. I did, I think I did with a smaller club and had some good times and good players. And I got a phone call from him on the uh, Monday morning saying that um, Man City had a bad start, Peter Reid, four or five games, and they're making a change. Would I be interested? And I said, I said this to him, and I've said it all along. And because Pete, it's a, it's a, it's a real can be a cutthroat business football. To to John Maddox, if you sack Reedy, then speak to me. If you sack Reedy, then speak to Oxford United. Don't do it now if you, before you before you've sacked him, basically. Because I think there's ethics in football that should, and that's part of an ethical thing to do. Anyway, so. He'd obviously recommended me to Peter Swales, the, the um, chairman at Man City. So they sacked Reedy. Then they got permission from Oxford United to speak to me on the Wednesday. I spoke to Freddie Pye and John Maddox at Stafford. Uh, Freddie Pye was chief at, um, uh, vice chairman at Man City. And so that was the initial uh, interview, if you like. They liked what they heard. And I met Peter Swales on the Friday and got the job. So it's probably through John Maddox with connection with the Daily Mirror and, and uh, with Loro that that my name came up mm. and, and they liked what they saw. So um, it was a job where I can't turn Man City no. down, can I? I mean, I know you were saying that, that just escaped relegation and club was a bit of turmoil at Oxford United, new board. Um, they get a year's salary compensation for me, so they do uh, do okay out of it. And off, off I, I come and then obviously the people at Man City are going like, you know, Brian Who came out, didn't it? Was Brian, that in the paper? Is that the new the article, Brian? The Daily Mirror. (laughs) 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 Did you feel up against it then, a little bit to win everybody over, a bit like you did when you first arrived at Hull? Yeah, of course. Uh, You know, I mean, I've had I've had loads of experience by this time, haven't I? You know, you know, five years at Hull, five years there, so been a manager ten years, so I've got enough experience to try and handle that. First home game, uh, we win, and we lost one in ten my first 10 games. So if you go to a new club and you lose one in 10, and I did exactly the same as what I did when I went to Oxford and all City, I went attacking. Because I thought, I'm coming into and there's turmoil because they want Peter Swales out, Francis Lee's trying to get in. I'm going to go and play the most adventurous football that mm. I can play. I had Steve Alomas and Flickcroft and my two midfield players who were young, vibrant players and could cope with their system. And the fans... Fans want to see that kind of football. I know it's not like the football they're playing now, which is magnificent, but it was it was good attacking football. So as I say, I lost one at my first ten, so I just started to win them so over. You must have won know. them fans over instantly, pretty, isn't it? Pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah, so pretty quickly. Considering they were fighting relegation, and then yeah. you turned it around straight away. Turned it around and brought some good players in. Uh, brought Walsh in, Nicky Summerby from Swindon, who I'd yeah. seen. Uwe Rosler. Uh, Uwe Rosler was a great signing. How, how did you find Uwe? Uwe. Uh, I got a phone call from an agent, and I don't like agents. I've never liked agents, and I never will like agents because all they do is take money for nothing in my in my yeah. in, in my thoughts. Anyway, I got a phone call from an agent saying uh, I've got an East German uh, international player, 
he knew I was looking for a striker. Uh, he said, you can have him on, on, on trial for a week. So I got him on the Monday, trains with the boys on the Monday. We got a reserve game on the Tuesday night, so I said to Francis Clare, I'm going to put him in the reserve team and, and then you come and have a look and then see where we go from there. I've not seen him play, I've only seen him in training. So starts the game, loads of other teams there as they do, as I used to do at Man City, watching the reserve team, and he, he's different class. So I said to Francis Lee, get him off a time, I'm going to get him off time, give him a, a contract, a month, Two months, three months, whatever you want to do. So you think you can get him off at half-time just in case there's anybody else watching yeah, yeah. or not? Yeah. yeah, of course. I, I get him off quickly and get and a deal. What club is he at? Has he not got a club? He hasn't or... got a club. So you don't have to pay for him or anything? No. It's just free transfer. Was there a thing here like, this is too good to be true? <laughs> there's got to be something wrong here. He's... Well, yeah, but we, we couldn't lose Brownie because nah. it's like a short-term contract, isn't it? If it's three yeah. months, you know, and then you find out a little bit more about him. But what I'd seen and what and then, so I put him in the first team on the Saturday, won a QPR, he made the goal and then went on to be an absolute legend at, at the club. The club yeah. You know, and if I, I, I used to drive down with my kids, my, my boy and a girl, Lucy and, and Matt, uh, and because the, the, the song went, Uwe, Uwe Russell, I'll be singing it fucking with <laughs> <laughs> What a sunny that was. All the way down the ground. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I still keep in touch with him now. He's a great lad and he he, uh, he just won everybody over. Bruve signed and then I got the sack off Franny and then he came in. Alan Ball didn't like Uwe. Uh, they they sold Flickcroft to to Blackburn, which is crazy. I'd give I'd give him Flitty a five year deal. I'd only seen him play a couple of times, and I went to watch him play for England under twenty ones at Millwall on the Tuesday night. So I drove down to watch the game, drove back to Manchester, and I said to Peter Swales, "Give him a five year deal." I said, "This kid is going to be top top class." And he did you uh, did you feel, do you feel uh, as a manager? Do you feel pressure for that? What do you know? Like give him a five year deal or. It's a Did chance, you, isn't it? It's but, a chance. But three-year deal, I just think, right, I trust myself enough to give him a five-year yeah. deal. Yeah. Because you're spending somebody else's money, really, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Flitty was always going to be, for me, he's one of the best players I've ever coached. And, I, and I could see that. You, you can see that straight away with players, can't you? Where if they've got outstanding I, talent. I don't know if I have got that eye. I don't, do you think you've got that nah. eye? Well, that's, why you, know, that's why you weren't managers then. <laughs> no, <laughs> right, the way you, 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 talking about Magilton for Oxford, Dernan, you've got that eye for getting your recruitment right. And it sounds like it's City. What I was going to ask was... Do you sell your both? No. See, that front four, that front four then... That, that, that... <laughs> you know he didn't sell his both. <laughs> he went on a free. <laughs> <laughs> the, the front four that I bought in the City then, so I bought Nicky in, uh, I was saying, what, Quinn, Walsh, Bigri. We, we could have done something. I'm saying to Francis Lee, you give me two or three players to this team, this squad, we could do something. Did you really feel like you were, well, you've just said it, just really cracking on at that point when Franny Lee came in? And was he, I know you talked about a lot of the owners previously, was he being an ex-player and an ex-manager of the club, did he want to have his say on the team? Yes, and I wouldn't let him. No, what's the point of having a manager or what's the point of being a manager if I'm going to listen to what the chairman says, picking the team? Yeah. Was the friction so, then on the back of that? I just wasn't his man, Brownie. Yeah. It was never going to work. It was never going to work. Um, so I, I just did what I wanted to do and I, I wouldn't change the team because he tried to make me one game and I said, no, I'm not doing it. I've done the work with the team. So what, what will that make me look if I change the team? Because he said, change the team. 
So you must have known at that point that I was, the, I knew sack, I was the going. was coming. You're standing I, by your principles. I knew I was but going. But you know, don't you? I knew I was going. I knew I was going, yeah. But you're, you're like probably 12, 12 years a manager now, so you're probably thinking to yourself, I'll still, I'll still be fine. I'm going to stick to what I know, do what I'll do, yeah. and I'll get another job. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and it happened that way. But I live in Manchester and invite me and my wife, family, to... Uh, in the director's box, or in the in the chairman's lounge before the game, with the champagne, the food, they look after me unbelievable. Took me to the Champions League final in, uh, in Porto, on the on the team jet. The team were on there. The team were out there, but with all the other um, ex players yeah. and whatever. Pep lean uh, on you a little bit. But um, Pep lean on you a little bit. Get some. Well, he's, get I think some he's followed my island. tactics with the old midfield player. <laughs> 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 I mean, Rodri plays there now, doesn't he? And he's, yeah. he's possibly nearly as good as me. Yeah. <laughs> That's who you should have said when I said who you, play, who you like today, Rodri. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, without that, a doubt. Alan, he likes a drink on a Thursday. What, what do you think, Brian? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Not on a Thursday. He likes Never a drink on, on a Wednesday. Never on a Thursday. I can't imagine that Ireland's into fucking nights out. <laughs> when I mentioned earlier about coming down on um, Billy Whitehurst and making a bit of a... A statement. Was there any examples you can remember from City where you thought, just to get, not saying that the players didn't respect you, but coming in, jumping two leagues, was there any times when you thought, right, I need to put... Put my foot down. Put my foot down here marker. and just lay a marker? Not really, I don't think. I mean, Curly was the captain, and I, I know for a fact, my local pub is called, well, this is one of my locals as well, the Kenny, but the church up the road, I knew Man City players were going in there because they lived around this area, a lot of them, and they used to meet up. And I'm not saying they would meet up on a Thursday, but I knew they were going in. Uh, so why, why should I stop them? I'm, I'm still, because I'm managing Man City, I've got to be different. You've got to trust them and, 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 and hope they do, do, it, do it right. But there's no, I can't think of one particular thing where I made them do things. The only thing I made them do, because I knew I was going, the night we beat Blackburn, we stayed at the Adok, the, the Thistle little hotel there in the afternoon um, before we played Blackburn. So the boys went to bed in the afternoon. Me and Mossy went to watch Blackburn because I was actually watching Alan Stubbs then before uh, to, to maybe sign someone like that as to go with Curly. So put the lads to bed, played the game. I rang the manager of the hotel back after the game and I said to the boys, we're going back to the Leyland Thistle. For, for a drink together and they went why are we going back so I said the wives are here I said well tell the fucking wives to get themselves up there now. <laughs> we're all going back to the Leyland Thistle because I want to buy you a drink <coughs> because then they know what's coming don't mm -hmm. they? they they knew I, I knew so I'd only got one game left after that um, so I went back there I saw I rang the, 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 the manager of Leyland Thistle I said put the champ put the champagne on I said put it on the club bill from this afternoon I'm not paying for it <laughs> So he did, and uh, we went back for a drink, and then they they found out that I was I was going, um, but it, it didn't. Nobody else knew, and th this is really what what happened on on the last game. We played QPR at home on the Saturday or the Sunday of the last last game of the season, and I get up next morning. We have breakfast, had a good night, and I'm walking to have breakfast, and and. Um, Frank Clark said to me, okay, Nobby. I said, yeah, I'm all right, why? He said, have you not seen the paper? I said, no, I've not seen the paper. He said, what's it? So Horton sacked at uh, Man City. And he hadn't told me. I knew, but he hadn't told so me. So even though you're, you're saying you knew 
Personally, it was, it was coming. I need due date. De- I'm not his man. There hadn't been a conversation. But he's not though. told me. Right. But Basic, it's in the paper. And now it's in the it's paper. In, yeah. I mean, I'd asked him for players before the deadline because we got the injuries and Bill to Bill for maybe the next two seasons, not just for the end of that season. And he just said no. So basically, I knew I knew from from that angle that I wasn't staying. Yeah. So um, I, I I went to. Him, I said, why, why why couldn't you tell me? He said, why do you put it in the papers? He said, I didn't put it in the papers. I said, well, you're the owner, so somebody knows then. He said, well, yes, I told somebody and they put it in the paper. I think they've got paid for it. And I said, well, why, did you, why couldn't you tell me first? You know, you, you, it's almost embarrassing. Yeah. And he said, okay, um, it's happened, da, da, da. Shook hands, I pay every penny. And uh, I got the Huddersfield job very quickly. It was just a brand new stadium, new job. Um, I enjoyed my enjoy time. That, yeah. Pardon? I was just going to say you enjoy it, though. I enjoyed it and brought some good players in. And uh, Marcus Stewart, Andy Payton, Andy Morrison, Lee Makel, some good, good players and try to transform the way they played. Neil Warner played a different way to I wanted to play and I wanted to play football again, and, and which I did because they were a, a long ball team. You know, when you went back to Brighton, was, you, was there any apprehension from the sense of um, like spoiling your legacy as a player? Going back to Brighton as a manager? As a manager, yeah. Did that ever come into your mind? Well, I, I got the sack at, at Hull and, and then at Huddersfield, sorry, and then you look in, I'm playing golf again and they've paid me off again and they were... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking one fucking tour quick this, love. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm going to wait to tart a bit, love, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go on Obelie, they kind of holding in the city. Anyway, so um, going back to Brighton, so I was out of work and the chairman rings me and said uh, they'd lost the ground. Somebody had bought the ground, I can't remember the guy's name, it wasn't nothing to do with me, and then sold it as like an industrial, a little industrial estate, the Goldstone, where we were playing with 34,000 people. And now ain't got a ground and they're going skint. And they're playing at Gillingham, which is M23, M25, M2, and playing at Gillingham and taking 4,000 fans. The second bottom of the, in the bottom league, the reserves are bottom of their league combination, and the youth team are bottom of their league. It couldn't have been in a, in a worse state if you'd have seen the football club. It was heartbreaking. I kept them up. Couldn't really not keep them up, to be fair, because I think it was two down and then made it one down, whatever. It was almost impossible to go down. Anyway, we didn't. We stayed up quite comfortably in the end. And I thought that was it. Oh, I don't fancy this, do you know what I mean? Playing at Gillingham, living in Brighton. Where, where do you get the players from? You know, London have got to come to tra- train in Brighton. So I thought, I'm, I'm not sure about it. So anyway, I met down, I met the board. They said, what would you do? I said, well, if I stay, I'm going to change the staff. Because everybody is just a bunch of losers. The, the, the youth team, <laughs> the, the reserves. Is this the mentality or just generally in life? The whole football oh, club. Bunch of losers. The, the whole football club. So I said, so, so Jeff Wood was my... <laughs> Jeff Wood was my number two, uh, who inherited, goalkeeper, and he was good. He knew more about players down, down in London in that area. Where have I got to get my players from? I'm going to get free transfers, aren't I? The club's skinned. And ironically, they're skint on the shirts, remember? <laughs> the sponsors were skint. You know, I couldn't do any more, more advertising, <laughs> could you? Skint on that. Not... Anyway, so he said, so taught me to stay and said, what are you going to do? I said, right, what am I going to do? Uh, 18 players out, 18 in. And he went, what? The board. I said, 18 players out, I'm changing the youth team guy. And um, 18 players out, 18 players in. 
They said, yeah, but where are you get your players from? Then I said, well, they're all free transfers, aren't they? Apart from, uh, well, it wasn't one, at Allsgrove. I bought him in on a free transfer. Hibbs' manager, he rang me and said, Allsgrove, you've beat me to him. Would you sell him? And I went, oh, so I've got to put it to the board where I sell him. And I he's said, not even played a game yet? He's, not, he's played pre-season. Oh. He's not played a league game. Paul Allsgrove. He comes on, he said, Allsgrove, give you 80 grand for Allsgrove. And I said, I'll put it to the board, 80 grand they're skinned. Uh, yeah, Brian. I said, no, no, we'll get more than that. Just, just leave it. He said, uh, comes back, I'll give you 100 grand. I said, no, not enough. Turn the board, 100 grand. Fuck it, Brian, I'm fucking 100 grand. <laughs> I said, they'll come back, don't worry, they'll come back. Come back, 120 grand. He's got to sell him. So he sells him. He never played a game. So they made a profit and fucking paid my salary, didn't he, for a year? Fucking were you happy with him? Did he do well in them pre-season games or were you half thinking? Yeah, he's captain. I made him captain. And um, See, that's outrageous, isn't it? You've sold, you signed a player and he's never played a game and you've sold him for 120 grand. Yeah, so I saw I saw him at a game a couple of years after. He said, you cost me a fucking fortune in Brighton. You did. I said, it cost you a fortune. You got a good... He said, I was just put a deposit on a house. <laughs> he said, and the worth of it now is unbelievable compared... <laughs> so I say it was it 100 grand, grand. it's about 500 grand. <laughs> he said, you cost me fucking loads of money by selling me up there. So all of a sudden the reserves are doing well, the youth team are doing well. We're in the playoffs. Port Vale came calling, didn't they? So what do I do now? My family's still up here, living in Wilmslow. I'm commuting to here to Brighton. If it had been in Brighton, I would have moved the family down. I, yeah. I would have gone because it was still a club that very close to my heart, and 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 I would have gone. We're playing in Gillingham, not knowing where it's going. Are they going to are they going to be afloat basically? So that was one of the hardest calls I've ever had to make in my life to leave Brighton. Was that a more of a uh, family decision than a football decision? It was up there, Parker. Yeah. Which generally, um, what wins your family should win, shouldn't yeah. they? Uh, all, all the time. So it was more of a family decision, mm. without a doubt. Uh, and coming back to Port Vale, where I'd played for five years, so I knew them. I made the decision to to leave and come, and they got compensation again. I was earning more fucking money for other people leaving <laughs> jobs, and <laughs> more in transfer fees as a manager than as a fucking player. <laughs> Any Palace Brighton related stories from before we move on to Port Vale? Oh dear me! We, yeah. we see we went to a Palace Brighton game and we never even realised the rivalry between it. How big oh. it was! It was it was crazy. We call it the M23 derby, don't they? Where it started, we, we played. We, we drew them in the FA Cup, and we drew at their place. They drew at our place, and then you have the third replay in those days, didn't you? You didn't. It wasn't penalties or anything like that. Everyone knew that. Go again. Yeah, another game, and that was a Chelsea third game. They had gone one nil up, and we get a penalty. I score, I score it. But what they've done, they pushed Peter Ward as I'm running up. One of their lads pushed him in as though he was encroaching. So he's coming to the box. Referee sees it, and makes me retake it. Oof. And, I, and the, I, the post, and he came back out. Fucking, so we lose one nil. Mulry's gone fucking berserk at the referees, walking up, walking off. Ron, Ch I think it was Ron Chalice, and that so that kicked off. That's that's was basically the start of the of Is the it? yeah massive. You ought to blame then, really. What's the penalty? penalty? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> another fucking blame again. <laughs> I might as well get the blame for that, yeah. See, I never thought about that. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Because we got, we got corrected, didn't we? Because it's not a derby, it's a rivalry. They're, I mean, the miles apart, yeah. aren't they? They're not missing all that many miles, you know. It's a couple, so, it must be a couple of hours' drive, is it? From, from Palace to Brighton? 45 minutes. That's still. An hour, max. 
You're talking South London, down the M23. Yeah. Do you remember Billy Payton jumping in your, um, in your bath? Who was it? Billy Painter jumping in your bath. Was it Billy Painter? Someone said, I, you know, I can remember him doing it because we'd had a brand... <laughs> it was Billy, was it? <laughs> <laughs> so you can remember. <laughs> I can remember the story, but I couldn't remember the player, but now he says the player. <laughs> Billy Painter, young player, young kid. We'd had this brand new uh, dressing room done. Well, the new stand at Port Valley, if you've seen it, part with, with new uh, dressing rooms. Probably about half as big as this room, including the, where the players got changed and the bathroom and the showers. And uh, it was like a little slipper bath that I used to have personally after training. <laughs> the Mike Norton bath. It's my bath. <laughs> the black. It's my bath. <laughs> so the problem, he was only about 17, 18, Billy, good player. I gave him his debut and he, 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 he was a good player and he had a good career. And they'd always said to him, Go, yeah, I have, have that bath. <laughs> He's all coming to have my bath and he's fucking lying in my bath, then they <laughs> I laughed about it because it's funny, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> oh, what the fuck are you doing in my bath for? <laughs> You're not playing Saturday now. <laughs> you can imagine him as a 17 must have absolutely shit himself. Yeah. I didn't realise it was Billy. Well, well done. Well done. What was your Matt, your bubbles or Pardon? Bubbles? Oh, scented yeah, candles. Yeah, yeah, of course. But really asking him what his bath routine. <laughs> <laughs> the other story about that dressing room, uh, Jonathan Wilkes, you've heard of Jonathan Wilkes, mm -hmm. Robbie Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, Marty Foyle had got a testimonial uh, game due. So I got Joe Royal, Man City, to come down and bring the Man City team down. And uh, so Pete Conway, Robbie's dad, is a big, big Vale fan, and Robbie's a Vale fan. So we asked Robbie if he'd play in it and Jonathan Wilkes, because they're both decent footballers, would they play in it? And obviously they boosted it, probably double the crowd for Foyley yeah. with them pair playing. But So they're in, a, in their home team dressing room before the game, playing in front of thousands. Both of them were like shaking, like they're unbelievable, so nervous. And they'd gone into the shower room and they're having a fag. And I could see smoke coming out of the fucking the, the shower room. What's happening in there, going So Robbie and, and Jonathan Wilkes having facts. <laughs> you give a bollocking? Go fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> they can't smoke on a Saturday. <laughs> so you can't smoke in the dressing room. <laughs> Were there rumours of Robbie Williams going by the club? I, didn't, I don't think he would. I didn't no. hear those rumours, no. No, I, I never heard that. Because who came in, Billy, Bill, Bill Bratt? Did he, did he yeah, take over away couldn't, with that? Yeah. yeah, he said to me he'd run a... Sunday, he ran a Sunday team, so he knew how to run a, a league team. I said, oh, really, did you? That's good. Well, do me a favour, get me out of here, please. <laughs> as quick as that? Yeah. I couldn't work for him. So that's football, isn't it? I think the longer you're in it, I think you realise that, yeah. that, that, that that's football term mm. is basically how it is. When you've been at a club for five years and you've... You know, you've built a, a team up, you're, you're progressing, and then a new owner comes in straight away, you must think, right, what's around the corner? Yeah, here? yeah. unfortunately, that's the way it works. I imagine it? it's all nicey-nices when, when you're first board meeting. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, I met the money man in, in uh, All the Edge, and and I said to him, he asked me why, and I said, well, I, obviously he don't want me, and obviously he thinks he knows more than me, and he paid, he paid me up. And uh, again, I'm paid up, I'm... I'm <laughs> 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a much more playing golf, golf every day and uh, enjoying my life. And then, of course, I get a phone call from McTown and it's the first time I meet Parkey. Get a phone call from McTown, five games to go, bottom of the league. First game, York away. Yeah. Won one nil. Score. No, we won 2 nil. Was it 2 In fact, it was me and Potsy, both, Graham Potter, had both played for York. Uh, and we won that game 2 nil, and I scored and Potsy scored. Celebrate. Like fuck. Of course I did, yeah. You knew that already, didn't you? I'm not telling you lies, Chris. Did we win four out of five, or did we win three and draw one? We were safe with the last one game to go anyway. I don't, I don't know what I got to do. They, they paid me, they paid me a, a certain amount of money for five games, and then give me a bonus if we stayed up, which we did. So then, Amar and Bashar, wasn't it? Who were yeah, two they, very, very wealthy guys, Ferraris and all that business. And then they said, "Would you stay next season?" And I'm like, "Don't want to stay next season." You know, we've got off left Man City, and this, a lot of people said this to me: "You've managed Man City, now you're managing Mactown." I said, "There's only 92 jobs." That's all there is in England, 92 managers' jobs. So if we can't get back in the championship, why shouldn't I take McTown? I got Fergie to bring the Man United team over. Do you remember that? Yeah. Geographically, it's been good for you as well, wouldn't it? Pardon? Geographically, perfect. How oh, far is that for Mottram Hall? <laughs> <laughs> in the first tee? It's only a, a good driver, <laughs> three wood in a perfect. four hour. About five miles. <laughs> Seven from my house. So uh, they, they said to me, uh, I might have to pay tax on some of the things I'm saying. I don't know if you should be saying this. So they said, what, what would you want to do? I said, I'm going, I'm going on holiday and then I'll make a decision. Where are you going? I said, I'm going to Las Vegas. And I came back and had a talk with them and I said, nothing else transpired. So I thought, why, why shouldn't I? So I got some new players in, uh, changed the system, went three at the back, the three mm. big lads at the back and just... Gerald Parker, didn't it? First game, late and Orient away. They won 3 1. And I'm thinking, we're all right, us. Ask me. Go on. Where's your score? No, but uh, we, 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 like, we got off to a fucking perfect. First month, they might have won four, drawn one, lost one. It just sort of snowballed yeah, from there, did. didn't it? Yeah, did. From pre season. Uh, Bought David Morley in. Yeah. Big centre back, good football. I've got a story on David Morley for you. I don't even know if you know it. Can we beat Stockport 6 0? Yeah. Boxing Day. Yeah. He came in absolutely twattered. Did he? Yeah. Have you been drinking the night before? I presume Christmas dinner. Can you still find him or not? <laughs> I, I, think, I think we can still find him. What did him. you do? Well, luckily they had somebody sent off after about 10 minutes. We won 6 0. Yeah. Two of my best mates are big Stockport fans. I still, I still don't let them forget it. <laughs> yeah, it, it I think the man you got the sack it. after that game and all. You grass. You've seen. Fucking hell, it was 25 years ago nearly, wasn't it? It's like, like a fucking snake 20 years ago. <laughs> Honestly, the game, the game at Notts County, seriously, um, beating them 5-0 away from home. And I just stood by the door and I applauded them in. I didn't even speak. It was that good mm. a performance. Probably ranks up as one of my best team performances ever. So then you leave Macclesfield and, and go as assistant to Phil Brown. What was your affiliation with Phil in the past? I didn't know him. I knew him as a player, um, but I didn't know him personally. Um, he, he, I think he'd had a go at Derby, hadn't he? He'd gone yeah. in as manager yeah. there and they wouldn't let him bring a, an experienced guy in with him. Uh, and, and he failed, basically, didn't he? He had a bad time, so he got the sack. So he, he, 
I don't know if he was back working with Sam. And anyway, I sat with him and uh, we had a good chat about football, da da da. And he, what are you doing? I said, nothing at the moment. And he, he was at Hull then with um, Phil Parkinson. Phil Parkinson. And they were struggling, weren't they? Yeah. And, and they, they, and they said to Phil, if you keep us up, you, you get the job permanent. So he said to me on that night, he said, I'm a Tall City, Tall City. if I'll get the job, I'm, I, 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 I'll get it full time at Tall City. Would you be willing to talk to me about being a number two? And I'd never, I'd never been a number two, so apart from that little period with, with Lauro. And I thought, don't fancy being a number two, really. Did you still class yourself as a manager? Were you still on the lookout to yeah. get back in? Yeah. So anyway, he gets a job. Phil Parkinson goes, he gets a job. He rings me up. He said, would you meet me? For, for a chat uh, about football because we, we didn't know each other personally mm. so we met and didn't, I didn't know what his values were his, what, what he wanted because he'd been with Sam for a long time anyway we met up and, and gone well and they said can the girls meet can we have a, a meal together one night and see if they get on and see if we it's like a little team if you like do you know what I mean uh, so we met them in town and got on girls the girls got on well and so he said so I said, so what do you want me to do? Number two, he said, Nobby, I want to learn off you. He said, you've been a manager for over a thousand games. I want you to to learn yeah, off I you, do. to teach me things and anything you want to say. Because I said to him, if you want a yes man, don't. I, I don't want to come because I'm not a yes man. So, so I don't want you to be. And uh, we've just gone great. And obviously the role, so getting promotion and the Wembley, uh, you just started another, that first time in history that all had gone to the Premier League. I can't remember what. What Phil said when we had him on about the half-time team talk, did he say, did he did he turn to you and ask your opinion? On what? On the half-time team talk on the pitch. Yeah. What, <laughs> what was your feedback? My <laughs> <laughs> feedback was, so it was, um, we're playing Man City on Boxing Day and he's coming, Phil, and he said, I'm going to give him a Christmas day off and, and just report for the game on Saturday. And I said, I disagree with that. He went, what do you mean? I said, he said, Sam used to give him Christmas Day off. He used to get good results. I said, well, I disagree, totally disagree. I said, if I'm a player and playing a boxing day, I want to train the day before. If I'm a manager of a football team, we're playing a boxing day, I'll get my players in on Christmas Day. It ain't Christmas Day, it's the day before a game. That's, that's how it is. And anyway, so he said, well, that's what I'm going to do. I said, okay, I'll back you 100%. <laughs> if, you, if you want to do that, then finished and I'll back you. So we're losing 4-0, aren't we? My old club, we're losing 4-0 and I'm sitting up there, so... He's just going, walking off, and he he comes in the earpiece. He said, "I'm going to keep him on the pitch, Nobby. What do you think?" I said, "Pardon." There's <laughs> 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 some interference, Phil. <laughs> he said, "I'm going to I'm going to keep him on the pitch. What do you think?" So I've got no time to think, have I? I've got no time to think. Um, I said, "Listen, if that's what you want to do, do it." And again, I'll back you on 100. So. He's probably told Steve Park, and probably Park has gone the same as me. So he marches them over to the corner, sits them down, and he said, all he said to them was, you've let yourselves down, you've let 5,000 fans down, you've let me down, go and win the second half. That's all he said to them. And he got loads of flack off the pundits, didn't he, by saying he, he made them look stupid and he, he shouldn't have done that, he shouldn't have done that. Uh, I disagree. If that's what you want to do as a manager, you do it, okay? If it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. So we, we, we drew the second half, fucking big deal. We drew the second half, <laughs> we'll, we'll lose 5-1. So the second season, <laughs> the second season. One all second half. Yeah, it's one all second half, brilliant. Yeah, we don't get a bonus for that, Gaffer. Um, so se season after, we come over to hotel on the Friday night, do it properly, stay overnight, 
And obviously Bullard and the people they've said, if we score, we're all going to sit down and Jimmy's going to do the bit, yep. which he did, didn't he? And, 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 and again, got lots of match of the day and people, it got lots of press. So he did it. We laughed. Good. Well done. <laughs> you know, we're not, not going to, you know, not going to find Jimmy for organising it and doing it. We thought, well, well played. You've done it and we've got to draw 1-1. So good. But on the back of this, this is, um, you know, I'm at South End with him now. And uh, I'm, I'm watching games up here. I've got a different role. I'm not his number two, but I'm watching games. I'm watching players. But I'm, I, I, he wants me there every single game. Anyway, got Milton Keynes. Don's away on the Saturday. Played a game, won 3-0. So after the game, we're catching the train back to Manchester now. I'm living just around the corner. Phil lives in Bolton. So we're catching the train. We're, we, they drop us off, the team coach drops us off at the, at the station, Milton Keynes, and we want, we want a beer. So we've said to a guy, any pubs or anything around here? He said, no, but you get a pint in the Indian restaurant if you go in there. So we walk in the Indian restaurant and the Indian young, young guy, he recognises Phil. Oh, Mr Brown, I can't do the Indian accent, so don't ask me. <laughs> Uh, uh, he, he said, oh, Mr. Brown, coming in. Oh, I'd love to see you, da-da-da. He said, oh, Brian Horton. Oh, Brian Horton, my dad is a Luton fan. Oh, he love you, pair. love coming in, I'll have a beer. So we're sitting there having a beer. So the, the owner comes over and quite a few people in the restaurant, by the This is now like, say, about half six, something like that. A few people in the Indian restaurant. So the guy says in the Indian restaurant, he said, Mr. Brown, if I put my staff around in the middle of the restaurant and sit them down, would you do that? <laughs> In the middle, in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, what are we doing here? <laughs> and the, and Phil said straight away, yeah, go on, do it. Of course he'd do it. <laughs> of, course he'd do it yeah. of course he'd do it. Of course he'd do it. He's a good, he's a good guy. And uh, so he's got them down and gives it all that. The, 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 the manager's joining us. I'll go in and get all this. The people in the restaurant are like, what? They've come for an Indian meal and we've got this on the the Indian restaurant. And right at the end of it, said, what do you think, Mr. Brown? And Mr. Brown goes, I think you're fantastic staff. Well done. Brilliant. So that was the third yeah. part of that. Brilliant. Why didn't you stop Phil taking the microphone on that day that got promoted? Oh, that was another Probably one. Probably did. Phil, <laughs> do not fucking sing <laughs> whatever you do. do Under no like, circumstances. Interference, interference. Give us that mic. Because we stayed up. <laughs> was it the staying up? The best day of my... Yeah, we stayed up. It was the last game of the season and we, and, and, and we stayed up. Because everybody expected us to go down, didn't they? And, oh, uh, right, aye. And we stayed up, so he got the mic. Nobody knew he was going to do it. What was it? What was the song he said? This is the best, best trip I've ever best been on. Best trip I've ever been on. Because he fancies himself as a singer, doesn't he? Like, he, like, he fucking dresses and everything. <laughs> In his defence, he did nail it. Oh, he can sing. Oh, he's good. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's good. Elder Tune. Yeah, he's good singer. <laughs> he's good singer. We were all going, what the are you doing, man? <laughs> we were cringing the staff and everything, going, what? I think that's just Phil, in it? That's him all over. That is just Phil, just... He, Big bravado Brush. personality. Yeah, yeah. You can't. I got on great with him, and I could say I could say things to him that probably Parky probably could as well. We could say things to him that nobody else could, and I did because that's what he wanted me for. I don't know. I'm not a yes man, so don't ask me. You know, we had, we had a ball with him. We take the boys racing. Uh, he, he took them to Dubai, but he was he was great to work with. Good fun. Tell us about the Fabregas incident. Well, it. He, he won it, didn't he? Uh, so we beat Arsenal. I don't get on with Wenger. Um, 
So he didn't like the fact that we'd beaten them. And the second time we went back there, that um, we went back in a few weeks later in one of the cup competitions and we took the lead again. But, but Phil was up in the stand, I think he got banned for something. And I'm on the team, I'm on the touchline and we're winning again. So oh, I'm, I'm loving it. And, I, and Wenger's uh, being what he is. And uh, so the game went on. They, they, they scored last kick of the game, which is an offside goal and should have been a foul. It was ridiculous. And the referee apologised after the game. But uh, so Fabregas didn't play in the game. He came on the pitch uh, with a hoodie on and um, he denies it. He denies spitting at me. Uh, other people saw it. Uh, he went to a tribunal and they, they said not enough evidence to, to say that he spat at you. So he denied it. I said he did. And the tribunal said that not enough evidence. He wanted so he could never say he spat at me because he, he denied it. He'd rather have punched you than spat at you. Uh, he no. shouldn't have been on the pitch, Parky. That's mm. the bottom line. He, he didn't. He was, he's had no involvement in the game, so he shouldn't have been on the pitch. Full stop. So were they given that you didn't get on with Wenger, and there was a little bit? They of... thought we were probably cocky because we'd beaten him in the league, and we're beating him in the cup, and then they only just beat us. I'm Maybe just trying to work out why he's on the pitch. I don't know. They scored, they scored, he's given it the big end of the fans, they scored, isn't he? They scored an offside goal in the, like, the 93rd minute, so they're probably still full of euphoria, aren't they? You know what I mean? Mm. So he's decided now he's coming on the pitch. One of their staff pushed uh, uh, Sean Rush, who was our fitness coach. Mm. I mean, Rushy, you wouldn't, you wouldn't mess with Rushy. No. Somebody pushed him in the back and it just all kicked off at the end of the game because we're beating him in the league and we're very close to beating him again. And they don't like little Hull City beating Arsenal, do they? Do you think that went transpired to the tribunal? It's whole city and it's... Well, my chairman said to me, Arsenal. do you want to take it further? Because Phil, I, I didn't know Phil had done anything about it because we were driving back and Phil said, I believe he, he, the, 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 he spat at you. And I said, well, he's denying it. We didn't know he denied it. And what, the, the, the steward was on his side, said he didn't spit. So that the Arsenal steward obviously stuck up for him to say he hadn't spat. And, and Phil had told the press. I didn't know he told the press we got in the, get, we got in the car and it comes upon the thing that, that we're reporting it. So my chairman said to me, do you want to take it further? And I said, yeah, I do, I do. And we did, the chairman took it further for me and it went to a tribunal and we lost. We, we speak about you especially, Johnny, say if you get these tribunals, you can never win. You always, there's been cases where they've said, oh, it's, the likelihood is that it did happen. So we're gonna, we're gonna ban find, you, find you guilty, ban you. But this is a case of, because Arsenal are Arsenal, hull or hull, they've just gone, oh, there's no, not enough so evidence. Not evidence. evidence. The, the, the so they've just completely flipped it, haven't the, they? Yeah, what the they normally do. The Fabregas is a, an image for the Premier League as well, and he's one of the biggest players at the time. Yeah. Protecting the brand. You'd surmise, but there you go. 100%. Mm. It was Dan from Prostate Cancer UK who got in touch with us. Uh, saying you might be interested in in doing the the show because you've been speaking openly about your recent diagnosis, uh, but you've caught it early, which is great news. Yeah, it was through Steve Parkin actually um, through through the LMA uh, where where you go for a full medical yeah. and the the hospitals in Wilmslow. So Parkin had been for his full medical. And he just said to me out of the blue, he said, Nobby, you, sh you should go and have it, you know. So like 74, I should be having a, 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 a test. And uh, so I went to Stepping Hill Hospital, had a full body scan, and they found out that, that I got prostate cancer. But it's very small. Uh, brilliant, we've done it early. And I think that's the message to, to go out and 
get it done early if, as possible, go and get tested. And um, the, the, I've just started a procedure now of, of uh, treatment, of taking tablets and now injection, and then I've got to go for brachytherapy um, at Christie's Hospital in, um, in Manchester. Through Dr. So through the LMA, Dr. Sally Harris, John Bell, Colin Bell's son, he's a top guy at Christie's in uh, in Manchester. He's been very, very good. So the process has started on uh, on the treatment. Did you have any symptoms? No, no. Uh, scary, I feel as good as I've ever felt in my life, Branny, and uh, wasn't really. I'm like like everybody. I like a few beers, and at my age, you you get up and got the toilet but they say you go more regularly with prostrate and I, I wasn't I wasn't having none of that so I had no symptoms at, at all so luckily because I've, I've had the full body scan and to go and and have have, have it done properly that they found out it, it was there I think that's a big thing then isn't it even if you haven't got symptoms go and get checked yeah and I think it's it's really easy to get checked now as well I know they can just do it for blood tests and I think you you can go on the website no, I've got it. I think we'll put it on the screen, www.prostatecanceruk.org slash wrist check, and you can just do it online and check, check whether you, you, you should be getting checked. You just take 60 seconds, just answer a few questions. And that's any age, not, not just meaning yeah. because you're a bit older. I mean, to have the, uh, the wrist check, as you've said, is... is and I, funny enough, I mean, I, I, I've kept it pretty quiet, uh, just told my close friends and my daughter was having a little baby, so I didn't want to tell her while she was having a baby and whatever. And since I've told some of my close friends, they've said straight away, well, we're going to go and get it done now. Yeah. yeah. And that's 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 the message, isn't it? That, uh, you know, at certain ages or if you've had any symptoms, go and, go and get the wrist check, checker done. How Do recent you, is this then? But how, how recent is it that you've you've found out? Probably about three months ago, three, four months ago. I feel as good as I've ever felt in my life. And was it from the people that you'd spoke to saying, oh, I'm going to get checked? You felt more happy to, to speak about it widely, raising the awareness of other people getting checked? Well, I didn't think about getting checked until I'd gone to see Dr. Sally Harris. I yeah. mean, I'd never thought about it or doing the test because you don't, do you? You feel good. You've got no other issues. So until that time, I, I had nothing to, to, to think that I'd, I'd got prostate. No flagging up. No, yeah. nothing, nothing at all, mate. Even now, after I've had the the the, the, the uh, tablets and the injection, I still feel good, you know. So that's why it's important, to, yeah. even at, at any age, isn't it? That you can do do that check very, very quickly. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. Like we said, sixty seconds for do that check, and I think we'll put the we'll put the website in the description as well on the video and the audio, so anyone else can just click through in sixty seconds. That risk risk checks the. I think the thing is, it doesn't matter what age. Yeah. I know, I know Nobby's 114, right? But <laughs> Well, you made me 114. <laughs> I was only about 24 when I managed you now. No, but any age, go and get yeah. checked. That, that's the secret, to go and get checked. I mean, you just said how quick it is to, 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 to do. And, you know, it's so prevalent now that you know go and get it done yeah so 60 seconds 60 seconds 60 check. seconds 60 second check get yourself sorted get yourself checked pound <laughs> for pound who's your best signing as a manager oh gosh good question i'd have to say uwe rosler mm. 
because that, that well, was, he went that on was to the top level um, and, and he was free transfer and uh, I'd have to say, I'd have to say uh, Uwe, yeah, without a doubt. Did you almost sign Luis Figo? What, what happened was, um, David Pleat made me do this. He said, w when you become a manager, always go to see the directors after a game, whether you've won or lost. Don't just go when you've won, so you have a glass of champagne with them and then <laughs> you, you've lost and you don't go because you don't show your face. And I, I made that point, always go. And I, that's what I did. So we won this game in particular at Main Road and I went up and Malcolm's there with friends on the champagne. And he said to me, Brian, have you seen Louis Figo? And I said, uh, well, I've heard the name, but I said, I, I, I don't know anything about him. He said, well, he plays for Sporting Lisbon. He plays for, for Portugal. And he's telling you now he's going to be one of the top players in the world. So I said to my secretary, Julie, I said, Julia, I said, find out for me where, this is on the Monday, obviously, after the game, and I said, find out where Sporting Lisbon are playing and find out where Portugal are playing over the next few weeks. And uh, he's only about 20, but he'd broken into the Portuguese full team. So she comes back, she said, they're playing in Northern Ireland in about 10 days' time. I said, well, put two tickets on for me and Tony Book, book us the flights, book us the hotel, and we'll go and watch him play. So over gone, he was, he was, he was like bestie, he was like, you know, top, top, like Pele, like he was unbelievable. So I came back and I said to Francis Lee, I said, whatever it takes, whether I'm going to stay or not, whatever it takes, just try and get him. I said, because he is going to be some player. I'd only seen him once and I need to see him once. Anyway, we got his agents over. We got an agent involved from this, from this country that knew them and, and, and met up to talk about it. He didn't come, but just agents. It was just too rich. We just couldn't do it. He went to play for Real Madrid Barcelona, didn't he? Yeah. He was going to be top, top. And Francis, which is quite right, he said, Brian, we can't, aff we can't afford that. He'd only just come in anyway. And he said, we couldn't do it. So the only thing I always say to, you know, the, you know when I do the supporters do's, because they, they, they always bring the Brian Who story up. And that was one reporter that did that. He was the most horrible twat I've ever met in my life. And he, he, he rang me when I got the second. He said, if you ever want a game of golf, you know, with anybody, this is the one that's giving me all the flack. If you want to play golf, I said, I'll play golf with my fucking friends, not with my enemies. Anyway, so, um, so, so it, was the, it was the Brian Who bit, wasn't it? Yeah. So when I do these talks, I go, I always finish up with, if I'd assigned Louis Figo, what a coup for Brian Who. <laughs> and I always finish with that one. Just before we finish, um, we always ask for a few bits on Twitter and we get some some curveballs, some wool pulled over our eyes. So don't, these might, this might be rubbish. But did uh, the Gallagher brothers ever clean your car at City? Did they what? <laughs> Liam and Noel. Clean my car? Yeah. Nope. Yeah, wool over the eyes on that one. I, I could have fucking Somebody's told you done. that. I could have told you that before you even fucking asked it. <laughs> they might have done. Yeah. They might have done. I only know Noel. Well, I've, I know of them, obviously, but Noel's a massive. They both are, but I've, I saw Noel. He was at the Champions League final in Porto. Not cleaning your car, though? No. <laughs> I don't think so. It was, it was... I might have cleaned his. <laughs> oh, there's one here. Ask him about the Steve Lomas and Neil Lennon scrap. Ooh, don't know about that either. <sighs> Where did they scrap? Bastard. I don't know. I'm guessing... No. That, were angry. that were an angry scrap, weren't it? They're both ang gingers, weren't they? Yeah. Angry gingers. Yeah, scrapping. I don't know anything about that one. Oh, well, it was worth a try, wasn't it? <laughs> Have you just made them pair up? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you was a manager now, yeah. and you needed a big centre forward, yeah. which one would you sign in the pomp? Brown or Parkin? You can be honest, because we're friends. 
I tell you what, I'd have put you two together. <laughs> it only happened once, maybe twice, but it what was a semi-final, together? yeah. Semi final. Semi-final. Which semi-final? <laughs> played together off the field a couple Plenty of times. times. <laughs> what? Semi-final of the playoffs, championship playoffs. Yeah. We had Sheffield United and he played me and Johnny in the second leg. Who's that for? For Preston. Probably okay, a few yeah, years yeah, before. Yeah. But we didn't play with any wingers. He moved a to a diamond, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, we shouldn't see one. No it's wingers. no good having you pair up there and not play, is nah. it? Yeah, no, I, I, I could have put you together. But all you have signed. You've sat, sat on the fence there, not like it. Be, uh, yeah. If you, yeah. Out of the two of you? Yeah. yeah. I'm not as greedy as him. I'd have come for a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have saved you a few quid and paid for your membership Who's, in Mott Renault. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the more prolific scorer? I would say him. Yeah. You were more of a target man for somebody to play with, weren't you? In my, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Both good players. You, you were unlucky because you got injured, didn't you? Yeah, most of the time we mm. had you. I'll answer it for you, Brian, and I'll sign for you again. Thank you very cheers. much, mate. Thank you very Good luck with uh, everything that's going off and thank all you. that. Cheers, yeah, thank good you. Luck. Cheers. Thank you very much. Brian Orton, enjoy it. I feel like Murray Walker. I feel like John Motson. <laughs> <laughs> it's the legs crossed, hand on knee. And it's really set it off. Fresh shirt. No, you know, you've seen this before. You know, you've seen this That'll before. That'll be in the suitcase next week. Oh, I'm going away again. Again? Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> when, did you, when did you decide on that? It was a last minute booking. No, you know it's not. Terrible news today. <laughs> what? Like, the worst news. Both pools shut. While you're aware? Yeah. Both pools shut. He, I said to him, the owners pulled a fast one, letting them know a week. So I had an uh, apartment and that for yeah. me, Mrs. and four kids. So there's six of us going and, there's, and we're swimming in sink, basically. <laughs> if, you want, if you get one to cool off, you've got to dip in. Do they, they give you an option for another hotel to use the no, pool? No, because it's an apartment, isn't it? Right. Oh, the thing so is, yeah. he's known it for months. He has, but oh. he's raging. And Katie just laughed, didn't she? Yeah, and I think oh. that made you even more annoyed. I love every day at beach then. Yeah. And I like beach. Is it stony or? On and off. I don't know. Mine's a clue. So, yeah, so if anybody's on the beach in... Uh, Fuerteventura. Fuerteventura next yeah. week. You know, when you go away like that, I, I'm not bothered about sitting down three times a day for meals and being served and that. No. No, breakfast. I like to just go, get it done, and then get back in the song. Yeah, I'm not bothered about sitting and waiting and all Unless that. it's all inclusive and then you're just eating all day. Aye, but all, you, all abusive, you're pretty much in and out yeah. in 10, aren't you? 15, yeah. maximum. But, I mean, that, the main buffet is like a zoo, in it? Normally, and especially uh, in the kids, all inclusive. With the pool snacks, you just oh, yeah, they're the, the ones. Is that what you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, continue. That was my light bulb. That was me having an internal conversation with myself. I'm a bit hungry. Pizza. Gas on. Gas on. <laughs> yeah. So I have to just uh, see how we get on. Well, it, it's nice you to share your trou troubles with us, John. Yeah. Uh, Nobby. See. Nice to see him again. Yeah. But he's like. I, like, I used to be proper scared of him. I don't really think I needed to be. Yeah. Nah, he's a lovely he, man, isn't he? Because you used to say it to me when he came to Preston as assistant and you were like, you used to ring us and I'm like, what's he like? He's fucking scary, isn't he? I'm like, no. no. He's, well, it, so Preston is probably uh, eight, ten years after I had him at Macclesfield and obviously we're assistant, weren't he? Yeah. As Gaffer, he could be fucking scary. 
I mean, that, I, I had them at Doncaster again. Misinterpretation, John, from you, like adding, like building right. things up. Do you know more? if because like Wesley, you said he were a wanker. He was all right. Phil Brown, he was all right. You say you said Nobby was. Right. Angry. He seemed like one of the nicest people I've met. If you've had a bad game and it comes over saying you were a fucking cunt, I would say that's quite angry. <laughs> would you? Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Did he? Would he? Did you get one of them? Regular. Numerous. One of the biggest ones where we speak about it. We spoke about it in the podcast when, uh, and when I got sent off at Swansea. So we're in about. I think we're in about fourth, like looking like getting in playoffs or maybe automatic. And uh, there's only I don't know seven or eight games left. And I've volleyed his erect pennant face, got sent off. And they were fucking furious. You were a long coach drive home. You fucking let yourself, you've let the team down, you. How were you feeling on that cut? Did you feel like you'd let everybody down? Were you quiet? No, no, I can't know about it, can I then? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, did you feel like you disappointed him? Sorry. Yeah, I did actually, yeah. yeah. One uh, of the worst I've seen from somebody, you know, your point there about and what was he like on the bus? Remember, were you at... Forest, when Dava fucked up for the goal in the last minute, Andrew Davies, this is, we had him on loan. I will have been, nah, because I'm he, he had a bit of a sticky start, and we were one up at Forest, and he, I don't know what he did, but he dropped a massive bollock last minute to give the equaliser away, and I think they might have even scored again. We, like, we, were shit, we, we were give them away. fucking momentum. So all the lads are still fuming ah, on the bus. Yeah. He's come on, as if he's just had a quadruple espresso, <laughs> And a vodka Red Bull. <laughs> and he's got a Champions League medal around his neck. <laughs> he just came on bubbly and lively as book, didn't he? And he just came out where anybody seen Taken. You know, the film had just yeah. come out. And he was just going around. Mark's out with 10, everybody. I actually think, did Alan Irvine not come to the back of the bus? I think he might have done. But all oh, that's right, Dave, I just... I mean, everybody makes mistakes. We're not on about his mistake, but... But he was just full of beans. Yeah. You just, fucked, like, you just got us three points, you fucker. I can't wait for training Friday. We'll have a razzmatazz. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking razzmatazz. Well, that's a that razzmatazz. was a razzmatazz. <laughs> what you've just produced there. <laughs> I, and we were crap away that season, weren't we? Yeah. So, like, we, it would have been a, re- a probably a good result for us. <laughs> On the more serious issues, back to you, you've set the serious tone. I've been in a lot of uncom- uncompromising positions in my time. Have you ever had a scale and polish at the dentist? A what? A scale and polish. Like you would think. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get your book in. I'm going to polish it away. Honestly. I've never been at dentists. I've been at zoo. It's horrific. It's it, hurt, it, it hurts, doesn't it? Painful. Yeah. Is it? It's, what I don't do they like do? The, the recline of the chair. All of a sudden you just think, I'm struggling here. And I don't really like anything around my neck anyway. But they get the tissue involved. Unless it's a young All lady's right. hands. I don't mind one of them, like. <laughs> you know, like when you've got the hairdressers and that. I don't like that. <laughs> Unless it's like when the gimp mask tightens up. So then the, the no, last serious that, if there's a bib going on. <laughs> oh, there's bibs. <laughs> But she she had the, all the works on. She had the goggles mask. What? Were we at dentist here? Yeah. Are you sure we're at dentist? Well, she, she gave me the goggles to put on, which I found a bit weird. <laughs> what? You didn't go to debris? You were, you were getting debris. You were, you, were, you were getting your work done in 4D. And what I didn't like was there was a junior as well. Like, so I'm laid back and I can see the, the, the dentist there. The lights. There. And then just the junior's just like staring. Oh, just loving learning on the job. So I'm like, and then you just, everything hangs out, don't it? You, oh. Like a dog, <laughs> put the head out the window. <laughs> and they use the, I think it's an ultrasound scraper. And it's the noise. I hate the, I hate the, obviously, I don't know if it's 
can't remember. If, no, the... <laughs> there's that paired with the, the, the hoover that gets the slap. <laughs> We're doing well on sound effects this week, aren't we? Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sat there with these goggles on. My tongue, so I don't know what, what to do with your tongue. Where'd you put your tongue? Just took it out. Well, Suckers gone, can you sniff for us, Mr. Bright? And then you have a swill. Oh. <laughs> Have a swill, Chris. <laughs> swill. Did you get a sticker? That wasn't that wasn't it. Oh, that's not it. No, they get the handheld, handheld instruments. Get their proper. Oh, the picker. That's great. The picker. Like the hook. Uh, the hook it's just. I mean, I must have extra sensitive teeth or something from Were you bleaching. Wincing? Yeah. <laughs> there was a few noises. I, just, I hate the dentist, me man. I, you just because you've got you've got no control, have you? Like that's once, what I mean. Just once vulnerable. You, once you're on your back and your mouth's open and the tools are out, and just fuck you. all you can do is you can't like move away, can you? Because they'll end up yeah. Up and you I think like she, a fish. I, I think she felt sorry for us because in the end it was half patronising, like. You hand on the shoulder, you're doing really well, Chris. <laughs> you were being polished soft, weren't you? Polished. I can just imagine him when he went out to Judy. Bless him. Bless My eyes were watering. He's looking at them goggles on. <laughs> he came out his like, tears. His goggles were full of tears. <laughs> Come out of the dentist like, oh, can I message about this? I need to tell somebody. <laughs> it's been playing on my mind since three days. They look well, though. Do they? They look like that. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't got a dentist. I've not been. I've not you been know, to. Honestly, it's good afterwards, but at the time, I want people to go and go for one. I think it's like I'm sure. Pe- I'm, sure pe- I'm sure people have. Well, you, have you? I think I had one years and years ago. I. Well, it shows how often I, I go for them because I don't talk about them very often. And will you be having another? I'm booked in three months. Oh, they three months. Little and often, I th- she said the best way. Oh, I think she just wanted a bit of extra money. <laughs> oh, of course. You- oh, all right, money. So, you get the- <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think she's another one. Well, I bet I look really attractive. <laughs> like. To be fair, that, but it's funny you said that. I went dentist yesterday, first time in a long time. I need three fillings in a Sucker. fucking three fillings in a fucking crown. Jesus. Not I, think that is. I think that is. <laughs> you expecting more? <laughs> full full <laughs> refurb. But I think the crown, I think she's just fucking taking piss with that. She says, you could, we could fill it, but we might as well put a crown on. But is that a lot more expensive? Well, the filling's about 120 quid and the crown's about fucking 600, aye. <laughs> aye. 300 quid for architect. Just to, just to drop plans up. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so I'm, I don't think I'm have the crown. Fuck it, leave it till he's drop out. Will he go white, fillings? Eh? Will he go white? I should hope so. For 120, it's not us. Yeah. Never had a filling. And yeah, no. I was expecting because I had my appointment a couple of weeks before, and I was expecting a lot of work needed doing, but just a lot of tartar. Is it tartar? <laughs> tartar. Uh, what is what? It's tartar. It's tartar sauce. <laughs> <laughs> eh? Oh, and fancy steak tartar. <laughs> Yeah. Tata, tata, build up, yeah. Tata. 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 <laughs> yes, I, I am actually scared at dentists. Lose your tata. I am actually scared at dentists. Tell you something that you shouldn't be scared of, on a serious note, is good in getting your fucking prostate checked, by the way. No. Well, Nobby spoke about his um, his diagnosis and thankfully he got it early. Yeah. And we talked about it in the episode and the link's in the description, like we mentioned, just to get that quick survey, if you will, online, just to 
to um, see if you should be getting checked. 30 well, just, seconds, 30 seconds yeah. per minute. Go and get checked. And the thing it. is, like, I always thought, if you went for a prostate examination, it's it's um, mm. the old Midnight Express, but it's not. It's just blood blood test now. <laughs> Midnight <laughs> Express. <laughs> And I'm sure viewers like a Midnight Express anyway, so you're getting for free. That's what you always used to think. Yeah, It was more intrusive, but it's literally a prick of the finger now, blood test. Like what he said was he had no symptoms. That's what the scary thing is, isn't it? Yeah. That you can have it. And the massive difference it can make if you can get in early. Yeah. And like nobody said he's got in early, so... Touch wood, all the best for so yeah, thanks for watching everybody. As are all listening, if you're listening. And once again, fair play, the link is in the description and we've got our uh bet. bet coming up this weekend. Yeah, get yourself get involved. involved. Get your fiber get in. Get yourself fiber involved. Um yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening. Once again. Cheerio, total pit. We'll see you next, see you next week. week.